Welcome, fellow warriors, to our very special podcast where the dynasty battlefield is going to be showered with our elegance and grace and beauty, particularly from my very, very esteemed guest today. So brace yourselves. This is going to be a chaos-fueled couple of hours. And just to add to that chaos, we have a returning Ethan Lawrence. But not only that, he's also topless right now. So if you're only listening to the recording, you are missing out. Welcome. to just stress, uh, we are one day removed from the hottest day in the UK's history. Oh. And I did uh, I did um and ah about whether to go topless for this, but I did decide to do that in the end. But most importantly, the Dynasty Warriors podcast. They said it wouldn't happen. Ross and Sean said it shouldn't happen. Everyone yet, said it shouldn't happen. <laughs> and yet here we are, and there's nothing Greg can do about it. <laughs> The people did protest, but we they protested loudly and often. <laughs> Much like the naysayers of the Sal Empire, we protested anyway. We don't we protested care anyway. So, for for those of you just joining us, um, on my most recent appearance on the Thinky Guns podcast, I waxed lyrical about uh, Dynasty Warriors in a segment uh, where we defended games that are unfairly overlooked, uh, only to discover that that was what Miles was going to do as well. Hundred percent, and so uh, we we decided on the on the pod. Essentially, we started uh, brainstorming ideas and like you know, sort of probably produ- producing stuff. Uh, yeah. The idea was to do a um, a twelve part deep dive, uh, but we had to compromise at a certain point. Yeah, they weren't they weren't quite accepting that they would have to put twelve podcasts of us chatting shit about Dynasty Warriors on for the rest of the year. So we settled and said, "Fine, we'll just do one twelve hour podcast instead." So that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's so, more than fine. Buckle in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say you might want to get comfortable. This is going to be a long haul. No, it's it might. It might sort of like nervously long. checking like the time se- signature on the thing. Like we really give me twelve hours. Jesus, I know a couple of our readers walk their dogs. Readers, listeners, so, oh, walk their dogs. Wow, this is going great. <laughs> they have, you have readers as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. Actually. Of your that excellent journalism. That is true. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I know that they, a couple of our listeners walk their dogs while listening to the podcast. And I imagine their dogs are going to be pretty tired if they manage to stick out the entire 12 hours of this one. Um, I guess it might not be 12 hours. It might be 15. Who knows? You know, we're just going to see where it takes us. I'm just admiring my trapezoid muscles on the Zoom. I don't get an opportunity <laughs> to look at those very much. In now that, that is some knowledge about the body that you did not expect to get in the intro to this podcast. So you're welcome. People well, what listening. can I say? I'm a pro wrestling fan, so I know where all the muscles are. Fair play, fair play. Basically, so I can scream whenever someone comes out. I go, oh, look, he's out! I love how we're like not even five minutes in, and we're already getting derailed by wrestling and muscles. <laughs> and, oh, I love it. This is what I came. Well, for. look, it's Dynasty Warriors. It's what's there to talk about? <laughs> that, that is true. What else are we actually going to discuss in this? <laughs> we've actually so, we've got segments planned. We do, but how many of them we actually end up doing is a mystery to us, to be honest. We might end up just rambling on for two hours about Zhang He, which would also be an interesting podcast in and of itself. Zhang He is, oh, he's so dreamy. He is just the bayest of all bays. Like, and if you don't know who we're talking about, just Google it for God's sakes. And also, what are you doing here? If you don't even know who Zhang He is, you're listening to the wrong podcast. Don't turn people away. We're trying to. We've, let's Sorry. let's get Sorry. let's get converts. Stay stay with us. Stay with us. We we'll promise you, we'll get there. Anyway. Today, we're going to be talking about the most spectacular, the most mesmerizing, the most awe-inspiring, incredible, phenomenal series you will ever play in a video game form. 
Not only has this game series won Game of the Year in 1997, 2000, 2001, 2003, 2005, 2007, 2011, 2013, and 2018, it's also really fucking good. But that's only if you ask me and Ethan. The facts I just gave about Game of the Year may or may not be legitimate or true, but in my mind, they are. I don't know how you feel, Ethan. They were nominated, for sure. (laughs) They were in the conversation. They were on the long list, at least. Yeah, they've got to be in the top 600 games of that year, surely. I mean, 1997, I think only 600 games came out, so obviously they're going to be right up there. there. Unfortunately, beaten to the punch by Final Fantasy VII. I mean, yeah, I mean, that game was okay. I mean, it's not... It's, it's fine. Not, it's not Dynasty Warriors, though, is it? It's not even the, in the top three Final Fantasies. That's actually a true thing that I believe. Oh, oh that's a whole nother can of worms <laughs> to open there. You've just started off a whole new podcast just from that. So here's the thing. If you're not interested in Dynasty Warriors, still stick around because there's going to be some controversial takes about other things. There's going to be some... That I compare unfavorably to Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> I feel like that's going to be most of the part is us comparing every other game in existence badly compared to Dynasty Warriors. Because oh, for sure, and I'm 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 coming in hot with Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> <laughs> Setting off to a good start. Toby's already furious, so he won't be listening any further. Um, I don't so, think anyone's going to listen to this before they put it out. We could say the no, most fair. libelous statements possible, and they'll be like, "Oh well, Mars and Ethan did their thing. I guess we'll put it on the feed." That's true, actually. Yeah, I don't think Ross is even going to watch it or listen to it over. He's probably just going to. Upload it straight up and then any errors like my screw up on the intro, which hopefully won't make it in, but might. I did screw up the intro, but managed to sort it for the second time. So here we are. And uh, I, I suppose if Ross isn't going to listen, then we can spread some unbelievable slander slash libel about him. Absolute libelous claims. <laughs> All right, so I'll start. Um, I heard, and this is from a trusted source, uh, that Ross strips entirely naked to have a shit. Oh, wow. That is quite the claim. Yeah, all these clothes off before he goes in. For a in dump. summer or just all year round? All year round. Oof. Not a single item of clothing can be on his body when he's uh, when he's dropping the kids up at the pool. <laughs> the kids up at the pool. <laughs> I've even heard that before, but it still gets me every time I hear it. And uh, I mean, Ross, if you are listening, sorry about that. Uh, I'm just testing the waters. <laughs> You're not really that sorry, though, are you? Let's be honest. Also, just for the benefit of clarity... Allegedly, <laughs> it's a rumor, unconfirmed, unsubstantiated, but a rumor nonetheless. It's a Jason Schreier rumor. That's yeah. all I will say. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Only the finest. <laughs> Your right. turn. Say something libelous about Ross. Oh my God! What can I say about Ross that isn't libelous? I mean, <laughs> the guy doesn't even like what remains of Edith Finch. Like he thinks it's a one out of ten game. So you know. What? I mean, I don't love it, but it's not a one out of ten. Thank you. Thank you. No, I mean, Ross genuinely believes that either Finch is a ten out of ten game. So we're just going to. Uh, I'd, I'd give it a strong six. I'd, I'd give it a seven it's, and maybe an eight at a push. It was good. Nice story, but it's it's fine. And those out there for the gamers TM, uh, seven is still good. Yes. Guys. Yes, we use the whole rating here at Finger Guns. A 7 out of 10 is considered a good game, not a bad yeah, that's, one. that's good. 8 would be as far to say that it's great. So, no. so calm yes, my... down and stop sending me emails. <laughs> stop asking me, bro. You don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> this whole podcast is going to be one big at at us. So we're ready for it. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. No one's going to listen. It's fine. Our one, we do have... Shout out to the one person on Twitter who, when it was suggested on the pod that you were on last, 
actually said that it was their most excited looked forward to podcast of the year so we are going to have one listener and that listener is clearly expecting big things of us and has a lot of expectation so, i mean should, should we find who it is and actually give them a proper shout out yes i think we should so after this pod goes up and after we've done it we'll also find out well ethan's looking up who you are exactly now but also we're going to give you a proper shout out when we boast it so that you get your due givens for making this a thing because without your one support I don't know how I would have felt about doing it. So glad we're here. Wow. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We would have done it anyway. High praise from us. <laughs> I don't have much I expectation was of myself. About this. It took one person to push me over the edge. You go on, twist my arm then. Um, so yes, thank you very much to yourself for giving us a bit of support and getting excited. We hope that this podcast lives up to your hope and expectation. I would say straight up, don't expect it to. <laughs> <laughs> our knowledge of dynasty warriors is not the finest but we're going to give it a good go uh so shout out to at gbu oh G- gbu g yeah, gbu uh oh, who referencing yeah. that podcast uh that uh, we both first talked about this on said that he could probably get the ball rolling uh by sending a dick pic if he needs to lovely did we get a dick pic uh we turned it down we said we were doing it anyway uh oh <laughs> So, so we didn't we, need the big That was a missed opportunity on our part. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we don't we don't need a whole God of War developer thing going on again. So thank you for not sending your dick pic in, but we do appreciate the gesture of offering to do that for a Dynasty Warriors part. Sacrifice it. Yeah, you're, you're you're clearly a martyr for the cause. <laughs> <laughs> right. So let's get into it. So the first real thing that we need to cover is actually what the fuck Dynasty Warriors is and what it's even about, because half the people probably don't even know. So Dynasty Warriors is much bigger in the kind of Japan, Japanese, uh, Asian markets. And it's basically a Muso hack and slash button mashing action game based kind of loosely on the conflict of the Three Kingdoms, follows much more closely with the novelization, which is the romance of the Three Kingdoms. Now, Ethan, I know you've read Romance of the Three Kingdoms, so do you want to give your opinion on it? Do you want to kind of give any kind of context? I'll do the little history bit in a minute, but... Oh, gosh, it's, it's very long. Is it? <laughs> it's really <laughs> long. Uh, it's, uh, I, can't, I read it on Kindle, so I don't know how many pages it is. Uh, but um, it, it, it is a long-ass book, only because it sort of it goes into very, very, very deep, like, intense detail. Um, on who all these people are, how they're related to each other, and what happens in individual battles. Uh, and there's a lot of ground to cover, because um, uh, we were discussing before the pod, this whole period sort of is roughly about 100 years of Chinese history. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, a, a century is quite a lot to cover, especially if you're going into such granular detail. Strangely enough, yeah, it's quite a bit. <laughs> um, but it's it's good, if sometimes a bit listy. Uh, okay. Because sometimes it can be sort of like, it's talking about the effects of what's happening in a battle, and it'll be like, and then this happened, and then this person got shot with an arrow, and then this person killed this guy with a rake, and then this guy. So you can get a bit get a bit stayed, but you know, there's there's elements of drama in there. I did want to pull you up on something that you said in your intro. Oh no, because uh, you said it's like it's a Muso hack and slash. Yes. Was it this game that invented the term Muso hack and slash? Uh, that I actually don't know, to be fair. That might be a good fact-checking exercise. I think it's the most well-known Muso hack and slash of its The only time. reason I bring it up is because, obviously, well, I say obviously, for those of you who don't know, uh, sort of like the <laughs> yes. ultimate move you can do in a Dynasty Warriors um, game is the, the Muso attack. Hmm. 
which is usually a, a really powerful chain of attacks that leads to a big explosion. It's pretty cool. Uh, so I just I just wondered if this is where I came from or if there was any kind of precedent. I mean, as far as I know, from my very limited knowledge on the subject, which is none, I've always considered Dynasty Warriors the OG Muso, but that's because it's one of the few I've actually played. Um, I played Berserk and the Band of the Hawk. I don't know if you played that one. Oh, God, um, no. <laughs> I'm a massive fan of the uh, the manga, the anime, and it literally rips like the Dynasty Warriors formula straight off, but it's just a dude who's incredibly angry and goes around slaughtering thousands of people at a time, and it's really cool. Nice and um, easy. One of the things that actually surprised me in the sort of like the bit of research that I did when the history of the series is that the first Dynasty Warriors was a one-on-one fighting game. Oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah, that's it was in, in the sort of the vein of um, of your Tekkens or your, oh. your Street Fighters. Obviously, they uh, weren't very good competition, so they decided to sack that off and make it a bit bombastic and explosive instead. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, interestingly <laughs> enough, one of the characters in there was um, Nobunaga Oda. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, is actually from the like the warring feudal times in Japan that later then yes. got its own technical spin-off, Samurai Warriors, which is the same but in Japan and a bit later. That's quite a compliment, isn't it? That you're in a different series and somehow you're such a cool character they decide to make you into your own series of the same genre. They're like, ah, do you know what? You don't belong here. You're better than that. We'll give you your own instead. I'll tell you what, though. like If, 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 you, if you read into Nobunaga Oda, that guy is a badass. I mean, he, he was, was mad. Yeah, he was not mad king of Owari, but like you know, he's he's a he's a legend. There's actually a series on Netflix at the moment. Uh, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's about feudal Japan and about Nobunaga and the whole history like preceding him and then after him and how his role and like the whole thing of trying to unify Japan actually led to Japan eventually being unified. Uh, yeah, albeit, the, uh, like the Sengoku said, era, I believe it's called. That's the one. It's and, like uh, united under Ieyasu Tokugawa. That's the one. Oh, yeah, that's his name. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's actually a really cool series. It's quite interesting. It's one of those historical re- reenactment things. So it's like a documentary, but it's got like bits that are recreated to look like battle scenes and all that kind of stuff. Very cool. But alas, we digress again. <laughs> well, I think what it shows, though, is that like, you know, for, for, for all those, and there are many who sort mm. of write off the Misty Warriors as sort of like just this kind of, you yeah. know, hack and slash thing with sort of no center or core to it like you know this they do it is a historical period it did happen and yeah all of the subsequent spin-offs like you know they do try where they can to draw from actual historical periods yeah which is very cool i think and one of my favorite parts of it which we're going to get to it later but they do the historical recreations of the stories and then they also make up their own hypotheticals of how different battles could have gone what the storylines would have looked like if you know x person hadn't have done stupid Z thing or whatever and you know i don't think dynasty warriors gets enough credit for how much it actually sort of does recreate the era quite well um for sure and the series like i said is more based on the novelization in terms of the uh the three kingdoms or the romance of the three kingdoms rather than the actual historical happenings so i know for example there's a big discourse online about you know, particularly in the novelization, like Cao Cao, who we'll talk about later, um, is portrayed as like the autocrat dictator, the bad guy, the evil dude, whereas Liu Bei is considered the benevolent Jesus figure, you know, he's the good guy of the story. Um, and so you kind of, when you play Dynasty Warriors, I've always found that that's come out. Like I always had a natural affinity for Shu because I'm a goody two-shoes, moralistic, 
loser basically and so the moment i got hold of zhao yun and liu bei was like you're a righteous thing of justice and i was like fuck yeah i am (laughs) i'm a righteous justice boy (laughs) literally so (laughs) the games kind of do very much follow that kind of line of you know there is a kind of a good guy kind of a bad guy and then there's kind of woo who are just there but like in, I said, the, in the in in the romance of the three kingdoms the novel one has to remember that for all for all it goes on and on and on about actual battle logistics and things like that there is a bit in the battle of Changban where zhang fei stands on a bridge and screams so loudly that ten thousand people immediately die so <laughs> you know we're not it's not super grounded in reality a lot of the time. It's not the most realistic depiction, but, you know, it tries. He and screamed uh, a score, 10 scores of people to death. Brilliant. Oh, Zhang Of course Fei. he did. Zhang Fei, never change, never change. Well, should um, we discuss sort of like um, the, the sort of the, the actual story of it? Yes. Sort of so... As I was kind of looking into this, so when I played my first one properly was Dice Warriors 6. So I didn't really follow the story at all when I was younger, because I came out in like 2007. Um, but having kind of followed it over the years and then played Dice Warriors 8 and stuff, I read into the story. So I'll give a very brief kind of overview of it. Feel free to chip in, add any detail that I missed that you think is important. Effectively, what you had in feudal China at the, it was like 180 AD or something like that, um, was effectively like a dynasty. So you had like an emperor who ruled over and all the power was contained in this one place and all the warlords of the land effectively answered to them. There was a central government, eunuchs and kind of religious and political figures kind of held all of the power and dished out what happened over the land. So they were really powerful. Everyone else could suck an ass, basically. And And that is a quote from the Romance of the Three Kingdoms. That is actual (laughs) word for word verbatim Everyone could suck an ass. (laughs) And I quote, the dynasty... Suck an ass. <laughs> um, you losers. <laughs> you bunch of peasants get screwed. Um, and effectively what happened was there was a load of famines, load of natural disasters, and the emperor and all of his friends were basically having a great time while everyone else in the land was sucking an ass and having a terrible time and dying of famine and no food and wars. That's what they say. They say that, don't they? If you die of famine, then you have sucked the ass. That's what sucked you have done. Sucked the ass of nature and kicked the bucket. <laughs> Um, so obviously the people got a bit sick of this and so a leader rose up and said you know what screw this we're all going to put on yellow turbans and we're all going to uprise and overthrow the emperor because we've had enough of this shit and so they did and the dynasty and the emperor not having a central army to itself had to effectively disperse all the control over out to the local warlords and said you know we need you to get rid of this uprising otherwise we're all screwed so they did they got rid of the uprising emperor died emperor's son also gets assassinated or poisoned anyway this guy called dong Zhuo, who is awesome by the way literally the best person in the dynasty warriors franchise don't at me uh I disagree <laughs> lumbers his way along from the west of china and then decides to just take over and become emperor himself so he kind of usurps it nobody likes him because he's a dick he only rules for about three years and he does a terrible job of it and then when a coalition of warlords get together they basically march on the capital and so he just sacks and sets the place on fire and then leaves um and then so proceeds the battles of the three kingdoms so we have three we've got Sao Sao who starts in the north and he's probably the most powerful at this stage he kind of consolidates his power the quickest um, he was sort of an, uh, an aristocrat, wasn't he? He was like a, yes. a well-known general and had a lot of money and wealth behind him. So he was able to build a standing army quicker than some of the others. 
Yeah, and he had some quite good officers around him. And I think he also either served with or was part of Yuan Shao's army. So he was quite a big figure. Yuan Shao was one of the noble people, you know, next in line emperor kind of thing. And so Cao Cao effectively said, nah, screw you. I'm not going to serve under you. I'm going to be my own man, which he did. And he won a series of battles and basically consolidated all of the North of China to himself um, and then tried to start marching south where he met up against two other armies. One was the army of Shu, led by Liu Bei, um, and the other one was the army of Wu, led by Sun Huan. Is that how you pronounce it? Sun Chuan, I think it is. Sun Chuan, yeah. Yeah, so I always get the names wrong because I'm not the best at this. Um, Well, to be honest with you, the series gets the names wrong for (laughs) most of its history until about Dynasty Warriors 7, where they were like, maybe we should use the actual Chinese pronunciations of this (laughs) instead of repeatedly referring to the leader of Wei as Cao Cao. Yeah, it's uh, it's a, such a good series. You've really got to play it from the start to get a proper feel for how it evolutionized re- re- itself. I mean, you said that you joined the franchise in Dynasty Warriors 6. Bitch, yeah. I was there at Dynasty Warriors 3. Yeah, I played a little bit of 3 when I was younger, <laughs> when the, but not, when not the at voice any level. acting was calamitously bad. <laughs> As if it's not now, anyway. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not much better, but at least they're trying. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so you've got Salsa in the north, he's much in the south, there are these two armies that rise up and kind of alliance themselves to fight him, and they kind of all fight themselves into a stalemate. So you've got Shu, kind of the southwest of China, and then you've got Wu, southeast. They're all kind of equally aligned. Wei's got the biggest army, it's got the most soldiers, it's got the most money, <clears throat> but as long as those two in the south kind of ally with each other, no progress gets made. Eventually, Salsa dies, and his son takes over Salpi, and then... There's kind of like a again, just more kind of warring and battles and stuff, but no real change happens. There's also a lot of uh, backstage politicking as well, yes. as, especially in the novel. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of a boring lot, stuff. Yeah, but I mean, it ends up becoming really important. It does uh, because yeah. there's certain key characters kind of moving around, building up a support base. Yeah, and so eventually they can kick their former leaders off a cliff. Being devilish fiends, basically, is what you would expect. <laughs> Particularly the Sima clan. They are the snakes in the grass of the story, I guess, aren't they? Um, but also the eventual winners, which sucks. I know, right? They're the proper <laughs> dickheads of the story, but they come out on top. So, you know, being a good guy really doesn't pay. Um, so, yeah, so Salsa passes, Selfie takes over. Uh, Wei eventually manages to make a breakthrough because Shu and Wu go to war, fight each other, weaken each other. Shu becomes really, really weak, and Wei eventually storms in and just sacks the place. Um, by this point, Liu Bei's died. I think Liu Shan is still around, but yeah, they, they, sort of, they take general. him on as like a vassal in the end. Yeah, like, like uh, he, he surrenders all his lands and basically just says, I, "I'll give you everything, provided that I can live in my little palace." Yeah, I don't and they they're like, can... "Yeah, yeah, sure you can, mate. Sure you can." <laughs> They give him a title as like Lord of Peace and Prosperity or something shit like that, which is I mean, basically he just like spends the rest of his life getting drunk and doing, <laughs> sex doing with all the <laughs> Loving life, just having sex every I day. I mean, I'm not gonna drunk. lie. Who among us? <laughs> <laughs> he lost the war option and came out with a better die life. Or live in a lap of luxury for the rest of your life. <laughs> not really a choice, is it? So uh so yeah, shoe falls and then eventually when this happens, Wei then gets overthrown by the Sima clan or the Jin clan, I want to say. Yes, um, that ends up being what they what they end up calling themselves. Um, in tying into sort of back into the games briefly, yeah. um, for the longest time, I think up until I think six was the last one that did this, uh, the playable factions were only Wu, Xu, yeah. and Wei. 
Uh, but from seven onwards, Jin has also now become that. So it was it was it was kind of weird the first time I played seven because I was like, oh, there's all this new stuff. Yes, all this, all these new <laughs> oh, characters, new people. <laughs> oh, wait, there's there's Sumi Yi. I see him. I remember him yes. from before. Everyone but remembers. Sumi there's Yee. all these other ones. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's this guy who's coughing himself to death. Oh, what's his name? Is it Hou Guai? Uh, one, uh, Guan Hai. I think it's the other way around. Guan Hai, Hai. that's it. Yeah, there is a Hua guy as well. <laughs> 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 I will win. Uh, no, you won't. Um, and then once this happens, effectively, the power is completely in the control of Wei, and they just go and decimate Wu, and then Wu's screwed. And then the land is unified. The war ends, and the bastards win, unfortunately. And the um, way this was translated into the game, correct me if I'm wrong, is that it initially started as a one-on-one fighter. Yes. And then somehow. they decided, no, what we should do is using the technology that we have available, put as many weak enemies on a single battlefield as we can and let the players play as one of the generals and just murder them in their thousands. Yeah, be a complete and utter murderous piece of shit, but in a fun way, in a fun way. Well, this That's is the thing, because like when we discussed this on the Finger Guns podcast, which I believe was episode 161, if you haven't heard it. I think so. Um, when I was uh, a ranting and a raving about it, um, I said it, it, it it's, a, it's, a, it's a like a squeezy ball, it's like a fidget cube. Yeah. Like, it's, it's an absolute power fantasy. You can just go in there and just hammer buttons and... Oh people flying everywhere explosions all sorts there's very little strategy involved it's just it's a proper unwindy game yeah where you can think, just be like i'm just gonna play a couple of missions and just fling some people about it's gonna be grand that's so good yeah i think cat always describes as a put your brain in a uh, in a jar game where absolutely it's, it's, it's a game that you can think. podcast while you play that's it you can watch <laughs> youtube listen to a podcast preferably the finger guns podcast maybe even this podcast um or just you know, <laughs> listen to providing excellent like background music to the slaughter. <laughs> Do you imagine? Like, uh, anyway, like... <laughs> so there was a rebellion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a guy called Sal Sal, and he does some stuff. He's a bit of a cow cow, he's please. Fine. Oh, cow cow, yes, of course. <laughs> 90% cow cow. Oh, God. See, this is the thing. This is one of the things that sort of ties into the history of the gangs is that because they were, they were largely, as, as you said initially, they were largely for the Asian markets. Yes. Um, the ports that came over here were, you know, gameplay-wise, fine, but they did localize the translations, and I think they just got, they just found a guy outside to come in. The the one that always sticks in my head is from three uh, during. um, I think it's Zhang Liang (laughs) standing there. These little turban on, going, feel the power of my magic. It's literally so iconic. Honestly, if you ever need to like cheer yourself up on a day, or if you're feeling a bit low or depressed or something, look up Dynasty Warriors Three funny moments, and you will just piss yourself. I think the there are multiple supercuts on YouTube, so it's, it's just, not hard to find. It's a gift that keeps on giving, and there was even one I saw. I think it's from like maybe eight or nine. And it's like, it's just these two random soldiers. I don't know why this is even in the cutscene. And they're just looking over the edge of like a wall. And they're like, it might just be easier if I just drowned myself. And I was like, what the fuck? Why? What? <laughs> I mean, weirdly though, that's it's not dissimilar from the sort of conversations that go on in the novel. No, yeah, I imagine but so. It's, it's, <laughs> they're so melodramatic all it the is. time. It's great. Like, 
like there's a scene I can't even remember who's involved in it, but it's like there's this whole discussion going on, and like someone comes in a messenger, and it's like oh we've 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 lost control of the western of the western gate, and like whoever it is immediately stands up and says well then I must kill myself, <laughs> and it's yeah no this. <laughs> Like he has to be physically restrained from stabbing himself in the neck. <laughs> it's when, um, I think it's in like six, maybe seven. It might have even been an earlier one where um, someone says to Leo Bay that he's become like the rule of benevolence. And he literally looks at Denny and he goes, benevolence? And he's like, benevolence. I'm like, what? Why? What? What's <laughs> happening here? Does he not know what benevolence means? People Why don't is he talk like that. It? Yeah, literally no one would sit there and go, benevolence? Benevolence? The ruler of benevolence. What even is that? Do they rule over good things? Are they? Sounds like a Hideo uh, Kojima game. Oh, it's Death Stranding Three <laughs> Dynasty. Metal Gear. Style. Metal Gear. Metal, Metal Gear. Gear. <laughs> so Ocelot. <Awesome>. Um... <laughs> Liquid. <laughs> oh, this is great. I'm loving this. Um, so that's the kind of very bad, rough history of the period itself. Now, Dynasty Warriors is a game as Ethan has eloquently put so far, to transition somehow from a one-on-one fight. All I'm imagining is South Style going to the Obey and being like, 1v1 rust me, bitch. Come on, let's go. So, <laughs> oh, that's all I Get can the ladders out. Truly, <laughs> <laughs> like, come on then. Whip your sword out, let's go. Um, and then it transitioned into this. Effectively, it is just very button mashy. It's hack and slash, you know, square for light attacks, triangle for heavy attacks, circles for your Muso special bombastic explosion of fun. Um, and then later down the line, they've added, you know, jumping and blocks and they've added like extra special attacks, like random little combo things you can do in all sorts. Um, but the basic idea is it dumps you as an officer on the battlefield. You can pick who you want to play on that battle or in that faction or whatever. And you run to places, you beat the shit out of like thousands of regular random spear holding losers. And then you'll find another officer where you'll then button mash your way through the health bar. And you take over bases and win battles, or sometimes you win the battle, and then the story says that you still lost the battle, even though you carved out 3,000 men on your own. But, you know, you take what you can get. Um, I mean, they sort of fixed that in eight. Right? Yeah, sort they of. did. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, it's worth saying as well that um, each of these like stages or levels are... Um, I mean, this, this sounds like I'm sort of almost talking down because it sounds so obvious. But like, you know, each, <laughs> each level is uh, like representing one historical mm. battle. Yeah. Uh, so I think there was a bit of a difference in um, Dynasty Warriors 4 where they broke down like larger campaigns into smaller individual battles. But it's yeah. basically each scenario is an actual historical battle, what happened. Yeah. And it's and, kind of epitomized in Dynasty Warriors 8, isn't it? Where they had so many battles and then all the different ways that the battle could have gone from each different side's perspective. Um, you know, there's like dozens if not potentially over a hundred missions in that game like it is massive how many especially on the um extreme legends uh complete yes. edition edition Huge. Uh, yeah the which... one with lubu riding his horse like a fucking beast like yeah it's, it's a great bit of cover up speaking of cover up, i wanted to bring something up go on, go on. <laughs> um, so on all of the box art except one yes it talks about how like you know relive the ancient historical period of China, <laughs> plow your way through armies. And like, you know, it's all very dramatic and all very similar yeah. that. Except Ooh. the Dynasty Warriors 5 Extreme Legends, <laughs> which on the back, there's the legend. And I wish I was joking. Get ready for Chinese takeout. 
<laughs> now that, ladies and gentlemen, is some trivia that you came here for. That is fucking good knowledge. I do you know what that. I'm going to do? I've, I've got it upstairs. I'm going to take a picture of it and send oh it over, God. and that Please can do. be the cover-up of this podcast. <laughs> There you go. Absolute magic. This is why you're on this podcast, sir. You are making this a phenomenal time. <laughs> but, like, literally, it, it talks about there being a banquet of different modes. It's it's the only one that's sort of like, hey, yeah, it's oh. crazy. It's like, no. Do you reckon the, like, developer or, like, director or whatever was just a bit hungry that day and they were like, oh, do you know what? We're just going to make it all food-related. Banquet of modes, you know, a feast of action. You know, I mean, I, I suspect it was probably a disgruntled localization. <laughs> it was sort of Screw like, oh, that'll do. Check. <laughs> yeah, no one even plays this game anyway. No yeah. one's going to know. It's only going to sell 10 copies, and I have three of them, so... <laughs> it's not like in seven years' time, two people are going to make a podcast about this. I'm sure no one will ever know. No, yeah, they'll, it's, they'll it's have forgotten fine. about this. <laughs> It'll pass everyone by. It'll be way too long after. As so. will the series itself. But no, on <laughs> no, it continues. No, the series this continues. This story is Nine Empires came out this year, the year of our Lord, 2022, <sighs> current year argument. And it was not good. Oh, DW9 well, was not nine good. wasn't but good either, but we'll get to that. We will get to that. That is a topic on the list of topics to discuss. So... Now that we've got a basic context of what Dynasty Warriors is and the kind of history behind it, it's it's a pretty faithful, you know, adaption of it to some degree, I think. And I like it. I think it's kind of stupid and corny. The voice acting is always terrible. It was much worse. Um, and Dynasty Warriors Nine Empires, particularly, the dialogue is absolutely fucking atrocious. Like, I Did they even bother to localise it this time? Uh, I, do you know what? I can't even remember. I don't think so. I remember so. For, for eight empires, they, they didn't even bother doing a localized translation. No, I don't think they did. Thinking it's about part it of an issue that Tecmo Koei has that has been going forward. They're just getting increasingly lazier. Yeah, very in, like, much so. putting together not just the not just the localization effort, but the games themselves. Yeah, just everything about the games at this point. Um, but yeah, the the dialogue is just absolutely atrocious. Like, there's a scene where Liu Bei and Zhang Feng Wan Yu like obviously become sworn brothers or whatever. And it's like, I pledge my sword to honor. He's like, I pledge mine. And then Liu Bei's like, I think my axe. <laughs> yeah, literally, <laughs> like it's trying to recreate that scene, but just gets it horribly wrong. And it's this stilted cutscene where there's no animation in it. And it just sort of swings between like these weird stills. And there's it's like, no animation? No, well, you know what are saying about cutting corners? I mean, there, there is animation technically. Somebody was animating something, but it was one person, probably an intern, who wasn't paid to do it. So, you know, it's it's not good. <laughs> unionize. Yes, unionize. <laughs> Koei Tecmo, you got to unionize, bro. <laughs> um, so we wanted to initially kind of just introduce our, I guess, our favourite like moments, experiences, memories. Obviously, we've been quite nice to it, and we've also shat on it already. So we thought we. Well, do that's sort of the beauty of like Dynasty Warriors, yeah. isn't it? Like it's you know, we all page. know it's shit, but like, yeah. you know, it's really fun. It's not really. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> He's just lying to himself. Don't trust him. Um, You've recently <laughs> reviewed Dynasty Warriors Nine Empires. You don't get to talk. Yeah, I gave, I gave it a four, so I really can't talk. No. Um, and by the way, game is TM. Four is below average. Yeah, four is below average. Yeah, I'll probably. Yeah, it probably could have been a three. Um, get out of Miles's email. <laughs> yeah, literally. Please don't at me. I know it's worse than a four. I was trying to be nice. Um, 
so yeah we just Sorry, I derailed your segue thing. apologies oh no don't worry about it this is what this is what we're here for this is what the content calls for um <laughs> it calls for me to come in like a wrecking ball and ruin your, your right, Miley Cyrus <laughs> remember Miley Cyrus being in DW9 although it wouldn't surprise me actually given the state of that game I'd play um, it do you know what if that was her like combo string like weapon art whatever where she just had this giant wrecking ball that she just like flung herself around on and you just carved into like a thousand enemies with it i'd be fucking down for that so you look me in the damn eye and tell me that won't be a good time <laughs> as i was describing it i was like i'm like i'm picturing it in my head and i'm like i would love to just you know wrecking ball straight into south sorry cow cow's face with a wrecking <laughs> ball. like just steamroll straight into the base and just poof, see you later bitch Bye. Yeah, 1v1 me now, loser. <laughs> <laughs> so we wanted to discuss our like favorite moments. So it could be anything to do with the series, you know, particular favorite game that you liked, particular favorite battle, what made you laugh, what made you hate the game. You know, just do you have any kind of favorite iconic moments that stick in your head, I guess? Uh well, uh, as I say, I, I started my um Genesis Warriors career with 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 three. Uh back in the day when <laughs> really was bad the voice acting so i i know we've said it before but like make time to go check a supercut of some of these things because they're just they're just priceless absolutely oh, priceless. so good um i played the hell out of four like four mm-hmm. was probably the one i probably put the most hours into overall yeah um and i i like some of those battles are just absolutely imprinted on my mind like uh the whole sequence around um taking down don Zhuo, Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, every game has an appearance of Lubu. So Lubu is basically the super mega boss of literally. Stories, they really though... hype him up as like this badass motherfucker who just turns up and wrecks everyone. Well, I mean, he does that in one battle, yeah, and then like, <laughs> and then tries to raise an army of his own, gets immediately smacked. <laughs> does his bodyguard assassinate him or something? Like, like, like his own bodyguard is like, now nah, fuck you. <laughs> Everyone's like, hell yeah, Lou Boo. And then he's like gone within like the first quarter of the game. <laughs> he has a bad time, basically. That being said, he's one of the few characters in the game to have his own theme music. Yeah, and it's pretty, um, it's pretty metal. And when he appears at Hulao Gate every time riding the, the, the horse red hair, oh. leaping over the gate, like every single game has that moment. And every single time when that guitar comes in, it's like a horror theme, isn't it? It's like do do, and you're like, oh shit! And then he comes steaming at you. And <laughs> well, they do these things. He can eliminate your entire health bar with one hit. It's like, oh, no. And it always freaks me out because as the like, series went on, to signify if someone was super fucking powerful, it would put like a blue or a red like lightning hue around them, and you just see Lu Bu with like three hues around him storming at you, and you'd be like, oh nah. I'm not ready for this. And it and also doesn't help that his 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 armor is black and red styled. Yeah. Like with these enormous peacock tail plumes coming out of his helmet. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, his weapon is a massive halberd, <laughs> except for Dynasty Warriors 6, where he had like I don't even know how to describe it. It was yeah. two double-ended halberds that he held together in a star formation. Yeah, it makes that no he sense. Could separate and fling around. It was the maddest thing. It's like if if you imagine Darth Maul with his double lightsaber, imagine if you had another double lightsaber going vertically up it as well, and that he just holds it in the middle, and that's kind of what Lubu does. And then that. uses it like a boomerang, question mark? <laughs> I don't even know how it works. He just seems to hit you with it, and somehow it makes sense, and he's like just a monster with it. 
but uh, I mean that, that moment is, has always been absolutely iconic. Uh, yeah. I love um, one that always sticks in my mind as well as uh, well as two, uh, the Battle of Chung Ban uh, from mm. the Shu side, which is where basically Liu Bei is attempting to make an escape away from Cao Cao slash Cao Cao. Uh, while trying to bring along as many peasants with him as possible, because he is the ruler of benevolence, as as of course, and uh, it's so it's a, it's a massive retreat. But all of the Shu generals have something to do. Yeah, like Zhao Yun has to like run directly into enemy territory to to pick up Liu Bei's baby that just, he forgot because he's the, the best until he until you realise that yeah he forgot. Uh, then Zhang Fei stand at the bridge that I've mentioned oh. where he screams so loud ten thousand people die. Uh, <laughs> All kinds of stuff going on. I love that. And I also love the Battle of Cherby uh, for similar reasons. Uh, so historically, this was um, uh, Wei attempting to crush Wu uh, because Wei had an enormous navy. Like their navy was unbelievably powerful yeah, and they were ready to steamroll them. Yeah. Um, but Wu and Shu collaborated in order to set up a strategy where they chained together Wei's boats yeah. and then launched a fire attack. And like, all the boats burned, like many people flee. It was the beginning of uh, Tao Tao's decline yeah. and everything like that. And each game sort of shows it slightly differently. Mm-hmm. But every single time, that moment when Huan Gai from Wu oh. goes across in his little fire ship, sacrificing himself to set the entire wave fleet aflame. He's such oh, a badass, like, and he even sounds like his voice actor, even like the localized one in six and eight. Like does it with such gusto, you know? It yeah. Kind of like he's just so committed. You could tell like that was the one line he was like, do "You know what? I'll turn up for this one line and I'll do it properly." Well, because what else has he got to do? Because another <laughs> thing that is notable about the series is that every character trait has exactly one one trait. Yeah. And Huan Guy's one is that he is old. Yeah. <laughs> That's his thing. I'm too old for this. <laughs> I shouldn't <sighs> be fighting with the young people. I'm like- old. Like, all of his hair's white, he's quite big and stocky, everyone mocks him for being old, like, whenever he comes Although across another Although in his weapon is like a surfboard or some shit. <laughs> I don't even know what it is, like, it doesn't <laughs> even make sense what it even is, but he's just, like, that moment is basically all he's there for. They just throw him in the game so they can have him do that cool thing where he throws himself into the ships and dies. I mean, the thing is, like, when you've got a roster, because we should stress as well, like, they don't, they, they cut corners in a lot of places, mm-hmm. but one thing that they don't scrimp on is just the sheer density of individual unique characters so many there's like 80 even ones you haven't heard of even ones that aren't even like in any way relevant to pretty much anything like they're just random offices i do sometimes think sometimes they think of a weapon idea and then sort of back engineer it (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah this guy over here he definitely used that weapon yeah that was that was definitely it do you have any record no it's like that meme where it's like, uh, what's your source, Senator? And the Senator's like, my sources, I made it the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. And that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Yeah. But uh, oh, we, oh, by the way, for Dynasty Warriors Connoisseurs, I said Huan Guy is the one who's old. Not Huan Zhong from Shu, whose trait is also that he's old, but he has a bow and arrow as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's both of them. He yeah. has two traits. He's crap. He's, he's old so and crap. an archer. <laughs> oh, he's so crap. Like, anything that's, like, ranged in these games sucks ass. Like, they're just useless. They really do, apart from maybe one, but I'm sure we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. But uh, yeah, any other particular I mean, highlights? That, that in terms of iconic moments, it's it's every time Lu Bu shows up. Yeah. Uh, Chung Ban and Cherby, those, those are my big ones. Fair, fair. What about fair, yourself, Miles? Well, mine was actually, again, we seem to be very in sync with this. Mine was also the boats on fire battle. Like, it's just... It's just a great image. It's such a spectacle. Like, I think it was in 8 Extreme Legends, and I was playing it, and I think I was attacking... 
and as way and literally i was like doing really well i was carving through the enemy thinking having a you know i'm having a good time here and then suddenly it's like oh shit everything's on fire i'm losing a lot of health all my officers are dying what is going on and i was like oh i'm not going to win this fight and i can't win this fight and then obviously like the game tells you to retreat and obviously that's it when the, your heart's sinking when the little message pops up saying we need to battle objectives changed <laughs> literally and it's like bolded out where it's got like a wave coming off it to let you know um and yeah like typical me like before i really learned what these games were about i thought it was just charge forward and keep killing until the mission ends um i mean so I the old that. ones were like yeah. three through five with baby six as well like initially yeah. you could just you could just run to the enemy just commander, beat them, and win. Like there was no. <laughs> and then the cutscene would be like, "Oh, you lost the fight." I'll be like, "No, fuck, I didn't though." Didn't. Uh, didn't. <laughs> prove it. Come on. Um... Prove it. <laughs> yeah, prove Show it. Show me the proof. <laughs> Romance of the Three Kingdoms says that I won, so deal with it, sucking ass. Holding up Sun Xuan's head. I don't think I did lose actually. <laughs> Sasa died twenty years before he was meant to, and what? What are you going to do? <laughs> um... And yeah, so I charged forward and I got battered. There was like 20 officers all cascaded down on me and just battered me into oblivion. And I was like, oh, I can't just run forward anymore. If it tells me to retreat, I actually need to read that and retreat. Um, so it was like a big learning experience in that moment for me. Where I was like, I mean, no. the thing is, it's difficult though, because it feeds you so much information that doesn't matter. And like, where they're like, messages. oh, this officer is struggling. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, who cares? What do you expect me to do about it? Come on, come on, get on with it. Like, you know, I've killed a thousand people. What have you done? You sat in a baseball match. Come on, oh, get on with the it. Young way is struggling. Fine, let him struggle. <laughs> He's got an axe. He'll be all right. Yeah, he'll be fine. Carries a boulder. He'll be all right. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was like a proper learning experience. But the battle was awesome. Um, but also a couple of my funny moments is Dynasty Warriors Six. I. It was 2007, so I was 13, maybe 12, however old I was then. Quite a young'un. Yeah, quite a young'un. And I remember playing the Yellow Turban Rebellion so many times because I loved the soundtrack to it. Because it's brilliant. <laughs> it's like... And I was obsessed with it. So I used to just play the Yellow Turban Rebellion on repeat over and over and over. And I could do the mission so quickly and with such efficiency. And I think that's what tricked me into thinking that you can just always run forward and win because you can on that level. Um, we should also say, um, one of the things we haven't mentioned is the soundtrack. Yes. Uh, which despite being you know, a, a story ostensibly about historical battles in ancient China, yeah. is largely soundtracked with squealing rock guitar. <laughs> And not good squealing rock guitar, I will add. It's not good. proper shit power metal. It's yeah, great. It's, it's not like a good quality band has made a good soundtrack. It's shit quality band has somehow managed to make semi-decent sounding music, even though it's not good. Like That being said, the Dynasty Warriors 4 theme, I will always rise to my feet whenever it comes up. <laughs> give it a salute and everything. That's my national anthem. <laughs> Hand on heart, give it a salute at the end. <laughs> like... <laughs> Love it. It's just, it's just something about it. Like you know, objectively, this is like this. It sums up the series. You know, objectively, it's bad, but you just can't help but love it anyway. And you just you get just so into can't it. Can't help it. Yeah. And uh, funnily enough, you mentioned Zhang Fei on the bridge. I remember fighting the op- as the opposite side, getting to that bridge, and then the cutscene kicks in where Zhang Fei screams, and all of your soldiers die. And I was 10, like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. And then I went to fight him, and then he blitzed my ass again. 
Because he had those, that aura around him, right? The multiple you're not supposed to win it. The story literally tells you, don't fight him. He's going to kick your ass. And I'm like, no, I can beat him. No, two hits. Yeah, dead. another example of Miles learning a lesson about reading the set dress. <laughs> Dynasty Warriors, to its credit, has taught me a lot about actually listening to what other people say. And... <laughs> Not thinking you can win every fight on your own. It's taught me not no, to be I, as When I came into this podcast, I did not expect one of the things to come out of it. <laughs> Dynasty Warriors taught me to respect authority. <laughs> it, it taught me to appreciate other people have opinions and that sometimes you should probably listen to them if they know more about what's going on than you do, which I didn't. Um, so Jean Fay probably kicked my ass and the 10,000 other asses he did with his scream because uh, I was too stupid to realise. So imagine not, if that was your superpower. Like you could cool. just yell and people die. He was basically before Skyrim existed. He was the Fuzdo Ra. <gasps> That's exactly it. <laughs> he basically is the Dragonborn in disguise. Like that is the real truth here. Right, and uh, after we've done this, I'm gonna find a clip from <laughs> from that and just put that over it. And then I'm oh my god, we can TikTok make it. And I'm gonna have eight million views. That will be a phenomenal TikTok. That is why you have to follow this man, even though he tells you not to. Because don't that follow is, my TikTok. That, that that is I'm not posting anything to it for the rest follow. of the year. He is going to post a Zhang Fei Fuzdo Ra. I will post that. I will I'll post that, but that's it. And I'll that's post con- it in like November. <laughs> that's content we all need in our lives right now. Content! <laughs> content, bitch! <laughs> um, and yeah, that was it. Those are my kind of main highlights, mainly because Dynasty Warriors 6 was my first proper entry in the sense that I bought it, I owned it, I played it properly. Uh, have, I had you, played... have you gone back at all to the ones before? So I played Dynasty Warriors 3 like... Oh, when I was really young. Uh, I was at like a summer or like a Friday club or something. And there was a, a kid playing it on the PS2. And I wasn't allowed to touch the PS2. You know, it's like a hierarchy thing. The older kid gets to play on it. And then he brings the games in. And if you're lucky, he'll like throw you a five minute game while he goes and pisses or something like that. And that exactly happened. He went to make himself a toast and he was like, gave me the controller. And he said, if you die, you're not coming back in here again. And I was like, okay. So... Never played Dynasty Warriors game before, quite young, didn't know what I was doing, ran straight ahead into a boss, killed them, won the mission, thought I was just the best thing before sliced bread. And uh, he came back and he said, good job, now get off. And that was my introduction to Dynasty Warriors uh, 3. But I've not gone back, I do want to, but it's just backlogs, man, they're just too long. But Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly, I'm, I haven't touched the old ones in some time. I still have them, like I said, I'm going to take a picture of one of them later. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how they'd hold up now. I mean, I mean to be honest with you, the, the mechanics of it and the way it's arranged is so played out. Like, you know, it's fine. Like, you know, I can't imagine there being no. any sort of significant, like, uh, quality of life things that have no, locked off between, like, say, like, five and four. I, I mean, mean, I remember four, four was square. great. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's one of those, because I was kind of looking up, because obviously I haven't played the earlier ones as much. I've played bits and pieces of them over the years. Um, but I was kind of looking up what people's opinions of them were. And there is a general consensus that kind of three or four were like, maybe five a little bit, were like the highlights where it was a bit slower. You couldn't just kill like a thousand enemies in like two minutes. Um, and your office's AI was actually a lot better. So it actually felt like you were in a proper battle um and I mean, that's something I, that people i are... remember four specifically like the um yellow turban rebellion battles mm. like you know way Wu and Shu were like portioned off and like you had your own things to do yes and then once you had done them you can go do the other stuff and things like that one of the other things that was notable about four is that you didn't pick up weapons 
oh, like okay. you did in all the others. Yeah. Basically, your weapons were tied to an, an XP stat uh, that would go up when you either defeated enemy officers or I think like did a parry. Oh, <laughs> very specific. But it, it sort of led to this sort of kind of weird scenario where you'd need to be playing as one character for basically the whole campaign. Yeah, in order to get the weapon the up to max. Yeah, which is Maybe fine that. for me because I was I I I was fine with that because uh, like you know there are a few characters in the early game that are great. I mean, you had access to Guan Yu right away. Instant win. So I'm like, I'll just be him then. <laughs> you mean you didn't want to be the eight foot giant who had a massive spear and could carve out people in a second? And he's got a big, big, lovely beard as well. Oh, he's got such a beautiful beard. That's something that's in the Romance of the Three Kingdoms. They keep pointing out. But like, here's Guan Yu with his sexy beard. And here's Liu Bei with his massive earlobes. Now, genuinely, that's the thing. It says, and this, this is a point in his favour, this is a compliment, these earlobes touch his shoulders. What? Why is that? Apparently that's good in China. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's like a lucky charm or something. Who knows? Maybe these, these days people would just get like, uh, you know... <laughs> the ring things, just <laughs> drop them to... Like the ear weights. It's like, it's like when you have leg day, except they've got like earlobe day and they just slot the things in and drop them down. <laughs> this is the content you came for. <laughs> earlobe day. <laughs> Literally. Like, um... But yeah, so he's currently crying into his laptop. <laughs> I don't, I honestly, if he's going to listen to this all the way through, I don't know how he's going to do it. Like, how he's going to get through all of this without. I mean, just... we've, we're in our room. We haven't even got to the trivia yet. <laughs> no, we haven't. Yeah, we've got a trivia for everyone. And yet we haven't even got there yet. Although it is the next thing. So once we oh, tie okay. this up, we are there. I'm also going to turn my light on because it's getting increasingly dark. Oh. Oh my god! I know, right? Now I don't you can know if see this is me. going up as a video, but it was like God coming down. <laughs> <laughs> it's for the trivia, just for the trivia. Oh wow! Because you have to be able to read it, right? Yeah, and I need <laughs> to actually. I'm hoping that, like, with the light, it will help me to actually know something about Dynasty Warriors, so that I can answer any of your trivia questions. Well, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, there's no time like the present. Shall we do our trivia quiz? So, yes. fair listeners, we decided. Seeing as you made a good point about this, Ethan, I am someone who has played the more recent Dynasty Warriors and I know a little bit about the history, but I haven't actually played, other than DW9 Empires, a proper mainline Dynasty Warriors game for about half a decade. Whereas you, sir, have played a bit more recently, but weren't prepared for this for this podcast at all. So we make a really good yin and yang right now of not knowing anything. <laughs> <laughs> the fun thing is that the trivia, the trivia questions I've come up with was basically just stuff that I know without needing to look up. Oh so, my god, I'm so screwed. Um, okay, so I'm thinking it might just sort of it, it might just be baseline knowledge because like be. I didn't do any research. It's so. going to be like in the year 2052, which oh, like minor that, officer in the Battle of Hulao Gate decided to piss off and flee? I'll be like. Uh, that's a definite gunning type thing to do. <laughs> That's uh, so gunning. Yeah, oh, gunning. Of the bells. <laughs> him and his for the record, for those who don't know, gunning is a pirate who fights for Wu. His thing is that he has bells on him so that yep. he's really conspicuous. For no reason. And yet he tries to do stealth attacks. Like There's a mission where he goes off to do like a stealth raid. I'm like, how? How are you going to do a stealth raid? <laughs> It's like a cat trying to sneak up on like a mouse or something when it's got the bell around its neck and then it gets pissed off whenever it runs away. <laughs> Why does um, this keep happening? So, we didn't set any rules for this, so I just said it's five trivia questions about anything to do with this. So, it can be about 
the conflict of the three kingdoms it could be about dynasty warriors itself it could be about probably something completely random that's not related to it anyway and we can't contest it because i didn't set any rules for this so that's far away would you like okay. to go first when you say first first asking or first answering up to you i will leave that decision <laughs> in your hands such sir. an open thing <laughs> I'm not specific. How did you well, know? You seem less confident. So shall shall I go first with the questions? Sure. Yeah. So let's do you've that. then set a baseline, and then I've got to see if <laughs> a I can baseline of zero out of five. I th- I'm confident you're going to do all right. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're confident. I think you're going to get at least two of these. Okay. Okay. <laughs> if I don't get two of them now, this is, I'm just going to cancel the pod. Here we go. Okay. Question one. Zhu Ge Liang is well remembered as the strategist for the Chu forces, but which other strategist took point at the Battle of Chengdu before his untimely death? Zhu Xu. Oh, I almost want to give you half a point. Oh. It was the other one. It was Pang Tong. Oh, God, Pang Tong, you prick. Oh, I'm devastated. Zhu Xu did Chengdu, not Chengdu. Shit. Oh, well, I mean, I was, I was fairly close on that one. I'll take that. You picked another shoe strategist to be. I fair. did pick another strategist, and Shu weirdly Shu is... the more obscure one. <laughs> yeah, I know the one that most people don't know. I just remember because he's got the stupid little anime haircut. But Pangton's got a big hat. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I actually forgot all about Pangton to be honest. Pangton is he's, he's the he's the weirdest character in the series for me because he's the only one who seems to realise he's in a video game. <laughs> All right, fellas, let's go up this hill. It's like, like, yes, thank you, Pang. Appreciate that. And then he gets shot to death with arrows. Got it. Because we can't have anything nice. No. Question two. Sun Jian is the founder of Wu. Name his three playable children. Sun Se? Yep. Sun Huan? Yep. Oh, crap. What's the third one? Oh, I can't remember the third one. Is there a hint? It's a girl. Oh, oh, it's her name. Sun Shang. No, it's like Siang Siang Shun. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it you because I can tell you're on it. It's Sun Xing Jiang. That's it. That's the one. She's the one on Dynasty Warriors Nine Empire. I made my wife. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. It was Ma. Ma, no, it's uh, Ma Chao. Ma Chao married some whatever her name was now. <laughs> in real life, she married Liu Bei. Yeah, so, you know, I kind of messed up the timeline a little bit. That's fine. Okay, so you got one point so far. Question the third. Nice. Zhong Hui was a late addition to the Jin faction, but what is his unique weapon? I don't remember him. Uh, I'm going to say... Uh, does he have like the hand fang things like the hand oh what are they called I'm just going to say that you're way off yeah probably not is it a fan uh, no it's not a fan <laughs> what is it uh, he's the fellow with the five flying swords behind him oh god like one of the most visually badass weapons of the lot I think I completely forgot that. Anything to do with Jin, and I'm like, I have no idea anymore. I feel like, like you said, they're like a faction that came so late, I just kind of forget they exist. Uh, his individual trait is that he is arrogant. <laughs> he is the arrogant one of the group. 
<laughs> okay, so one out of three so far. Oh, You've still well. got time to make this a two. I've just got to get one more. Shahal Dun is a badass with his eye patch, but who is the enemy commander in the battle where he loses his eye? Shit. And he goes two. I feel like, is it against Wu? It is Nay. It's not against Wu. Guan Yu. It was against Lu Bu. Oh, well, that would make sense because he's got like four really sharp, for no reason, weapons. I think it's, I believe it's during the pacification of uh, uh, one castle, I think it is. Ah, that would make sense. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Cao Hong shoots, Cao Hong, I should say. (laughs) Yeah, he got me saying it. Uh, Shoots his eye out and then he pulls it out and eats it, which is pretty badass. I suppose that's one way of dealing with a problem, isn't it? Like, oh, this is getting in the way. I'll eat it. Sustenance. Question the final. Oh, boy. I am a true warrior of the Three Kingdoms. What achievement in game must you earn for your character to say that? So, it's either a hundred kills, or it's a thousand kills, or KOs. I think. Right, you're gonna have to flip a coin. I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a thousand. A hundred seems too low, but a thousand. Yeah, I'm gonna say a thousand. You got two points, baby. I predicted yes! it correctly. Woo! <laughs> It's not, but I feel like I want to give you half a point for the Zushu one because he was so close, but just sort of like <laughs> I was almost there. I mean, it's up to you. You can be generous or not. Well, it's well, not let's, a competition. Let's, let's wait to see what I get, and then we'll decide. If- <laughs> <laughs> then you can decide. <laughs> <laughs> you get less than two? You're like, nah, fuck it. You're not having the half point. <laughs> okay, right. You ready for your five? I uh, was ready to ever be. I've done no okay. research. Here we go. Okay, all right. How did Guan Yu die? Uh, he was killed at the Battle of Farm Castle. Yes. <laughs> How was he killed, though? It varies, like... it varies from game to game. Normally, it's Zhao Dun who takes him down. Was it in battle, or was it a different way? It's normally in a cutscene. Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, officially, according to the actual history, he was executed after the battle uh, by South Cell's forces. But obviously, in the actual games, they kind of just show him getting battered by somebody. In the they usually use Zhao Dun because generally Zhao Dun's sort of underlying character narrative is that he never trusted Guan Yu and sort of like yeah. sort of treats him as kind of a rival. Yeah, yeah. So, so I have half g- a point for that. <laughs> now, I'll give you the point. It was the correct battle in the right kind of period. So I'll give you that. Now, I knew enough. This one I knew enough a... to convince you I was a bullshit. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> you knew just about enough. Um, so, next one. This one's kind of a, a shitty question on my part, so I apologise. Who voices Zhang Liao in Dynasty Warriors A? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's actually Ezio's voice actor. Are you joking? Nope. No way! I knew I recognised it, because I was like, when I was playing it, I was like, I definitely recognize this voice i don't know why but i do and so i looked it up and i was like holy shit that's Ezio! like what's Ezio doing in dynasty warriors um but there is another voice grabbing the bag i think i guess <laughs> yeah that's, just, getting, yeah, just getting some money in i don't even mind that you put that in the quiz because like that's interesting and i've learned something <laughs> yeah absolutely so glad you appreciate that uh okay, how's the, next- the amount of ones i was going to be able to get right but that's fine 
I mean, that's why we'll give you number one for sure. We'll definitely give you number one for that. The next one, I don't even... question too. <laughs> the next one is an open question. You only have to give me a couple of reasons to why the answer to this question. Jesus. You can freeform it however you want. Why was Leo Shan such a fucking loser? Right. His weapon is a rapier. Go over yourself. You're not a fencer. Chill out. Uh, he's mollycoddled. He's a little bitch, for sure. Uh... He seems to have like this weird sort of relationship with um, Zheng Kai, mm-hmm. who's uh, like a character that like, d- doesn't exist. That was just invented for the game. Does that? Uh, and her weapon's a fork. <laughs> so questions there. We got a fork. Time, and a times were tough in Shu. Okay, they were tough. Yeah, times were bloody tough with him being the leader. <laughs> and as as we discussed this earlier, like in uh, to a certain extent, you can't blame him no. because of the situation that he was put in. But I think if Liu Bei was given the option of death or live the rest of your life in luxury with concubines aplenty. Mm. I think Bay would have chosen death. Yeah, Bay would have. Because he was the, the ruler of thing. benevolence. Yeah. And <laughs> Liu Chan is the ruler of sucking ass. <laughs> Official title confirmed for Liu Chan. I'm going to give you two points for that just because you gave me more answers than I asked for. Oh, that's very kind of you. You know, for that, I'm going to allow you to have the half a point. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you so much. Look how generous. I'm now on three and you're on two and a half, so it's fine now. <laughs> now I'm allowed it. I'm comfortable. <laughs> the next one is actually a bit more unfitting. So between which two dynasties does the Three Kingdoms conflict take place? Okay, so it, it starts at the end of the Han dynasty. Mm-hmm. I'm going to assume it's the Jin. Yep, correct. Yeah. Those are the two dynasties. Nice one. So you're on four. Nice. I, uh, well, I just wasn't sure because I know it's sort of like, you know, it's the gin campaign, but I wasn't sure if that's what they ended up calling the. Yeah, the it, end, it ended up being labeled the gin dynasty as well. Oh, thank um, God for that. I was panicking. So well done. You used your Beat noggin there. <laughs> your hands are like. <laughs> okay. And lastly, because you've read it, who wrote The Romance of the Three Kingdoms? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I knew you'd do this and I didn't bother to check. <laughs> Luo, is it Luo? It is. Luo Gong. I actually need to look it back up. I had to look it up because I had no idea. So I'm just Lu Gong. Luo Gong. Gong. Uh, I'm just making noises into the mic now. Li. <laughs> Am I anywhere getting close? You got his first name. You have his first name. So it's not Gong then after that. Luo Gong. No. I mean, yes, but it's like a longer second name. Uh, You're like two thirds of the way there. This is so frustrating. This is genuinely so frustrating. I know. I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to get it. It's Luo Guanzhang. 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 So you ended up with four points out of five. Hell yeah. Well done, sir. Well done. The dissemination of points was a bit weird. It was. I got two points for one of them. <laughs> but equally, but equally, you had you had who voices Zhang Liao, which is a dick question on my part. And I uh, actually uh peek behind the curtain here. I actually um changed one of the questions while we were recording this part. <laughs> yeah, only because because you'd clearly done the research into like you know the actual story of the three kingdoms. Yeah. And I was like, well, I could just throw this one out because you're gonna get it immediately. <laughs> what it question was, was it? It was simply this. Uh, which two battle scenarios feature Wu, Shu, and Wei fighting on the same side? 
Oh, is it Maybe again? I should have kept it. <laughs> Shit, yeah. Uh, I guess against... Are we classing before and after the Three Kingdoms conflict as well? well maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there's only one time they're all on the... Well, two times they're, they're all on the same page. So it would be against Dong Zhuo. Yep, that's one. Was it against... Yeah, it was Don Juo, and then they were against each other pretty much immediately after that. To maybe go earlier? Yeah, so it must have been against... What's the guy's... Is it Hui Jin? What? Who? I guess it would it have been against the Yellow Turbans. Yes, Yellow Turban Rebellion. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think of the guy's name who led the Yellow Turbans, and I never remember. Zhang Jiao. Oh, that's it. That's who I was trying to think Feel of. the power <laughs> of the heavens! That's what he sounds like, by the way. That is a spot-on impression. If if nothing of what we've spoken about so far has convinced you to play Dynasty Warriors, you need to play it just to hear that voice line, because it is... Infidels! It is absolute perfection. The way it's delivered, the way it's done, the battle that happens, it's fucking sick. (laughs) So, you win our trivia quiz. big magic, and then they make a big wind happen. It's not even a good-looking wind. It's like the basic like PowerPoint effect. Like it just swirls <laughs> up around him, and then it just hits you, and you're like, "Cool." Ow, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and then you get back up, and then you smack him a few times, and he dies. Oh, right. So you're the winner of the trivia quiz, sir. Well played. Woo! Well done. I felt we had to it's have the first time I've won a trivia quiz on a Finger Guns podcast, <laughs> <laughs> and it's all Dynasty Warriors related. So, what other quiz would you really want to win? Well, this is the thing. I feel like my success depends on how many people are taking part in the quiz. Because I got my ass handed to me when we had Scully on. Yeah. But and then I got my Scully. ass handed to me when it was you, myself, um, Kat, and Ross. And now it's yeah. just you and I, and I won. So I think that's the thing. I've just got to take you on one-on-one. And that's-, that's it. Yeah, one-on-on-one, Ross-Sal-Sal style. Sorry, cow-cow. <laughs> cow-cow style. <laughs> style. Right, so we've had our little trivia off. We have to have some kind of quiz. You know, it is a Finger Guns podcast after all. Uh, so I just wanted to do a little quick, fun little topic, which was who do you think had the best generals or officers? Who do you think had like, could either be the coolest, most effective, whatever, but who would your like favorite of the three sides, main three sides and the officers? Uh, well, when I, when I was playing um, four, I always used to go for Wu and I'm not a hundred percent sure why. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I don't really know. I mean, it's something that I later abandoned as, a, as I moved forward. <laughs> as you've um, got some common sense. Well, no, because I think I liked I liked Sun Say a lot because he okay. fought with Tomfers, which I thought was quite cool. That is a pretty cool trait to have, to be fair. And like, there was some cool. Joe Tai was there as well. He's sort of like a kind of a weird samurai guy. Um, he is, yeah. You can stop taking like, mine, man. But the, like, that's some, so I mean, like, this we had stuff going on. Is what I'm getting at. Yeah, they had um, quite a weird collection of people. Uh, I think it's because they're sort of, um, you know, historically a lot of their generals were like reformed pirates. Yeah, so like, there's all kinds of bonkers stuff going on. I think latterly, I find Way very compelling, and I mm. include Jin in that as well. Okay, um, one of my favorite characters of all time, outside of Zhang Han, who is also obviously Way, and who is everyone's. He's got claws, Kitty. Um, but one of my latest favorites um, actually comes from Eight. Okay. And it's uh, it's Jia Chong of um, of Jin who fights with um, hand axes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's sort of frozen, flings around, and like you can get yeah, so much coverage chaos. on that. He is brilliant. 
I yeah, love that guy. He's pretty chaotic. If I remember right, I was like, Jesus Christ. Because, you know, like you get thrown into a scenario, you pick a random one who you don't know, and then you're like, oh, you're cool. This is good. Like, give me yeah. more of this. And like, whenever I make like a creator character on um on Eight Empires, I'll like, I'll, I'll, I'll give him the axes every time. Done. I love that thing. Done. So, yeah, yeah. It's, I think broadly, back in the day, woo, mm-hmm. nowadays, way slash gin. Because uh, I think they've got the most kind of sort of more dynamic movesets, if that makes sense. I think so. And even historically, I think it's hard to look past the way just because of how fucking good they were. You know, they managed to eventually unify the whole realm. Um, but then they've weirdly got a lot more of this kind of like the cartoonish characters in there because they've famously got Juju, who's like, his yeah. trait is that he's very fat. <laughs> oh, what does he use? Does he use the, the thing? Just on a the... massive fuck off. Yeah, club. just a massive fuck off <laughs> sledge club with like a, like a ball on the end of it, isn't it? And just swinging it around and like, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whenever you take over a castle, he's like, you're pretty good. <laughs> you know. Well, that's the exact voice that he does as well. It's dreadful. <laughs> Honestly, like, if you can imagine like a stereotypical caricature of like, someone who's a bit bigger than other people like he is it they literally just took like that's your trait you eat stuff and you're a fat dude and that's it but like the, the weird thing as well is that he's probably got the most cartoony uh drawing and animation out of any of the other characters even his face looks ridiculous you see his face pop up and you can't help but laugh because it just looks stupid but it, it makes him look particularly weird against his fellow generals at the time yeah. because um he was quite good friends with Dion Wei who yep. in this game is portrayed as sort of like a skinhead with an axe. Yeah, he's like the, the cockney geezer who turns up to like start a brawl. Like, yeah, he looks it. he looks rough as hell. Like you'd yeah. stay away from him. But like he's always standing next to Zushu, which <laughs> he looks like a cherub with a club. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. Like a mama's boy who somehow ended up really big with this giant club in his hands, just waiting yeah, to when hit people. I'm hungry. <laughs> Oh, something about it. Jahudun, I think, is one of the coolest ones because of the. You're just saying that he's got an eye patch. Yeah, I mean, he's got an eye patch and he's got a cool voice, like even localized, he's got a decent voice. And he's always like the one where when shit gets real, he always turns up and, you're like, for fuck's sake, it's you again. He often um, pops up, especially in later ones, he pops up as, re- uh, as reinforcements in like big battles. And like when he arrives, you're like, oh, God, I thought I had this down. Literally, you've murdered like 12 officers at this point. You think, right, this battle's in the bag, got this. He turns up and you're like, oh. And so he sake. fights with like a Padao, which is like a uh, like a great Chinese cutlass. Yeah. Uh, so it's sort of a dual wielding cutlass. I think in six or eight, he uses like a... In like six, a, he has a club. Like Yeah, he's like got the big shoot. club thing, but he uses it differently. He like holds it behind him and he like swings it forward. And like, yeah. He's, he's a beast with it. I quite enjoyed playing as that. I mean, six is really is like, apart from, outside of nine, but six it really is sort of like the, the bastard stepchild. Of the lot, like they completely redid, yeah, like the the attacking system to make it sort of it was called the Rembu system, I think. Yeah, it was all um, yeah. where you sort of like you can keep attacking, but like their blocking takes more of a thing. But you've also got them factoring grapples, and also they couldn't be bothered to give many of the main characters unique weapons. No, it was like they wanted to update the combat system, but did it horribly while doing it. Do you know what Zhang He has in Dynasty Warriors Six? Spear! Generic spear! You know Give him his claws back, you cowards! <laughs> it really reminded me, when Dynasty Warriors 9 came out, um, Jim Stephanie Sterling did a video about it, and the whole video... I know exactly just what you're going to say. This massive thing of, 
Give some of that back his claws, you fuckheads. And that's the quote video. that always struck with me was, um, and I just can't believe what they did to Jean. <laughs> I think so, they still say that now. It's, it's incredible. Like... It's absolutely incredible. And it's one of my favorite like YouTube videos ever, just because you can hear their voice break like every time they have to talk about Jean. And I mean, it's, it's just it's, hilarious. It's worth noting as well that, um, I played Dynasty Warriors before I became aware of um, uh, James Stephanie's work. Uh, but when they spoke about being a fan, I was like, vindication! <laughs> <laughs> I feel like yeah, there's like... someone who's successful in the industry who loves this series. And so when they reviewed Nine and hated it, I was like, no! <laughs> yeah, it was proper tragic. Really, really tragic. But also, Zhang He is like the unwritten rule that they're like everyone's favorite character, but you just never really say. And then whenever you get the opportunity, you're like, Zhang He comes up and you're like, fuck yes. Uh, for the record, for people uh, keeping count at home, uh, Zhang He is the gay one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you couldn't tell from the quote at the very beginning of the podcast, which is from Zhang He, they are very exceptionally camp purposely yeah. in the game. Everything they say is like completely stereotypical. This of... victory is a thing of beauty. And then, like, he fights really balletically with the claws. Yeah. Like, it's all, like, dancing around. And, like, it's really cool to watch out and really fun to use. And if you've noticed, there's no actual hit detection. So what they've done is he, like, glides around hitting people. But there's no hit detection because he's so good at what he does at gliding around. He just swings his claws in their direction and they just get hit. <laughs> they just yeah. get hit. It's perfect. It's, it's amazing. It's absolutely ideal. I mean, I love him, but it was... GH, to sort of bring it back to what we were talking about before. The introduction of Jia Chong and actually quite a lot of the Jin guys, like I mentioned Zhang Hui in the um in mm-hmm. the quiz with the flying swords. So they, they really went to town with some of those on eight. Yeah, they're really creative, really, they? really interesting um unique weapons. Because in eight, unlike six, every single character had a unique egg weapon. Yeah, every single one. It was actually ridiculous how they And bearing in that. mind that like we're talking about a character roster that's above 80. Yeah, it's insane like absolutely nuts and that's why i think dynasty warriors 9 was such a disappointment because it rolled back so much of that it was six again when it was already there like and they added an open world like it needed that yeah it's just uh, tragedy i mean dynasty warriors 9 is a topic for in a minute so we will get to it properly but just rest assured it dynasty warriors 9 was a real shit stain (laughs) Uh, we, we need to talk about your favorite characters so for a good long while, I was very much sucking into the whole Romance of the Three Kingdoms vibe of Shu is like, you know, you've got the, the Tiger Generals, you've got Leo Bay the Benevolent Ruler, you know. And I played a as Zhao Yun. <laughs> a ruler of benevolence. Benevolence? Benevolence? <laughs> <laughs> and Zhao Yun was my first character. I played as he was on the box art, so I thought, well, obviously I've got to play as him. I don't know who he is, but I've got to play as him. Because you're basic. I am a proper bitch. <laughs> Basically, if you like Zhao Yun as your favourite, you are a vanilla bitch, and that's what I am. He's on the um, front of every box. He's the hero character. There so he is. Cool. He's he wears like a stupid tiara helmet. Like he's not even. He's got cool, a silly man. tiara helmet. He's got a fair. He's got. A, he's got a spear that bends. Yeah. Well, his whole thing is he's got a bendy spear. <laughs> There's definitely some euphemism in that. <laughs> but also, his Muso attack flings him forward in the style of Darth Sidious in episode three when he kills those three Jedi when he goes from his window. So, cool. <laughs> you tell you tell me who's cooler. <laughs> so you're basing you're basing the coolness of Shaolin 
on what is largely considered to be one of the worst Star Wars films. Yeah, and Great. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with it. Basic. I just, I just wish they added Sidious's like scream to it for Zhaoyun because that would just be so you just activate Musa. It's like wow. But then he couldn't be the hero of virtue if you make him. Uh, well. Yeah, but sometimes you've got to make compromises for being a little bit cool and not being a loser. For the record, for those keeping track at home, Zhao Yun's trait is that he is virtuous. Yeah, he says justice in every sentence that he speaks. And if he doesn't, it's because he's talking about someone else being unjust. So that's his uh, character. Really marking him aside from another Shu general who also uses a spear, Ma Chao, whose whole thing is also justice. There's a real theme to Shu, okay? They're very much like, Shu Liang is cool because he talks kind of like he's talking in riddles and has like that weird like Gandalf type vibe to him. So um, historically, um, he was um, Shu strategist for a long, long, yeah. long time. And he was, um, he, I mean, he was called the, uh, what was it? Sleep, the, the Sleeping Dragon or something? Yeah, I think it was, yeah. Um, and like, Lu Bei sought him out. Yeah, like multiple times, because like, he had was... to go to him like three times or something before he got Yeah, him. I think that's like a Chinese tradition thing, where mm. it's sort of like, you know, you, you come pay your respects and then you say, Can, will you do this for me? And they say no, and so then you come back the next day and the next day and the next day. And like, yeah. you know, he was always going to say yes, but you had to show willing, sort of. Thing. Yeah, you had to like tease it a little bit. But like in the game, as you say, he's sort of portrayed as this kind of sort of Gandalfian figure. His weapon is a fan, from yeah. which he casts oh, magic. Yeah, fan, yeah. And like... Uh, He's, I mean, he's, he's he's cool, and like he speaks like, where almost all the other characters are like, kill yeah, things. Zhang Fei is like, let's go get drunk, and he's like, I think we should consider our strategy for the next fight. <laughs> yes, that's it. Zhuge Liang is uh, his 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 trait is that he's obsessed with strategy. <laughs> like, like no obsessive. matter what happens, like if he defeats an enemy general, he says, Ah, oh, my strategy seems to have worked. And if you beat him in combat, he goes, My strategies have let me down. <laughs> my strategies have failed me on this day. Everyone, follow my lead and follow my strategies. Follow <laughs> oh, my strategy and we'll make it out together. <laughs> but Zhuge Liang is cool. I quite like him. And basically everything good Shu managed to do is usually attributed to the fact that he came up with some kind of tactic that was decent. Except when he got his ass handed to them and they kind of skip over that. Um, well, because he led, like again, this is referring back to the novel, he led, I think, five campaigns against Wei in the north. Yeah, and like none of them worked out, and like he kept losing over and over and over again. Yeah, he'd win like, one battle. Good men as he did it. Yeah, that was it. Like he'd win like the battle of like the boats or whatever. He was probably the one who contributed to the the scheme of setting them on fire. So everyone in, remembers in, in the that. in the in the game in the text. Yeah, in uh, the he game, he creates yeah. a southwesterly wind. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, Rare. he stands on the mountaintop, doesn't he? He's like, with his <laughs> you got like you got to protect him and make sure he doesn't get taken out by Ganning <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> the stupid bell. Um, Ding-a-ling-a-ling. And... <laughs> Here I come. Um, so yeah so like he's remembered for like his iconic moments of which there's a handful and then all of his actual campaigns he would make like quite a bit of progress into way territory overstretch himself or fuck up a battle and then we'd have to immediately retreat all the way back losing like shit tons of men and material on the way my strategies um, seem to have failed <laughs> <laughs> my strategies have let me down <laughs> But also, in fairness to him, Shu had the worst geography of any of the three nations by a country mile. It's it why was none of them claimed mountains. it. It was all mountains. Why would you set up there? You're a master strategist, and you set up your entire fucking army in the mountains. And they had like 
a tenth of the population and officer potential of the other two nations. Like, because the land was in arable, so like you know they couldn't they couldn't maintain a standing army, standing population because they couldn't grow any food because they were on a mountain. Honestly, like Shu in the games is made out to be like the benevolent ones. They feed everybody. They fight good fights. They've got Guan Yu, who's really like stoic and powerful, and Zhang Fei's funny and he gets drunk and that's all he does. And then, you know, it's it's made out to be like Shu is like the utopia of the story um, in the games. But actually, they really sucked. They picked a horrible location to set up their empire. They lost virtually every campaign that they fought that wasn't with an ally. And in the end, most of the officers and generals kind of were cool in a fight, but weren't actually good generals. Like, I mean, other than thing, I they got lucky by pulling together some like some interesting generals yeah. and that was they're funny and they're cool but they're not yeah. good generals um, I, mean, so, I mean one of the weakest parts of the story and one of my least favourite characters as well is um, Jiang Wei uh, who's oh, yeah. a late game Shu general who defects from Wei and then like becomes like super into Shu winning and so like he like commands so many battles and in every single one he loses it's like a theme for Shu. Like, it really is. It's really um, poor. <laughs> like, it just sucked. Like, everyone likes them, but they just weren't very good. And also, like, the Romans of the Three Kingdoms makes them out to be a bit nicer than they actually were. Like, the, the people living in Shu still had a bit of a torrid time. Like, they still worked horrible manual labor, lived in horrible places, had no resources, whatever. Like, they had a bad time of it, and they constantly got raised for armies that they then would lose and die. So, I mean, one of the things, one of the key sort of texts of um, Liu Bei's happening is that the reason he got that land is because he beat uh, a relative of his, I think it was a cousin, Liu Zhang. Yeah. And like the, both the novel and the game have him like hand wringing over it constantly, like, oh, I can't turn my sword against my blood. But he still does it. Yeah, he still goes and does <laughs> it, doesn't care. Because <laughs> Yuge um, Liang's like, you have to follow my strategy. <laughs> this is my strategy, master. And you my strategy is that you have to kill your cousin. <laughs> Master, my strategy is that we all die. I reckon it will work. My strategy is that we should build our country on a mountain. <laughs> Where there's no food, but it's a good strategy. I don't know. I don't know, Zhigelion. I don't know about that. Zhigelion, mate. I'm a strategist. I think you might be reaching a little bit here, mate. Maybe you need to seek some better counsel. Um, so for a good while, it was Shu, just because I thought Zhang Fei was funny. And obviously, he kicked my ass the first time I saw him in a battle. Uh, Guan Yu obviously is cool, but then actually, if you read up on the history of him, Zhang Fei was a massive dick to his own men. And actually, he was an asshole. He was a piece of shit, and he actually ends up getting killed by his own men because they rebel against him and kill him. And again, they sort of gloss over that in the in the games where they're sort of like, "Oh yeah, there was a mutiny," and it's yeah. like, no, he took one of his generals and like whipped him to death in front yeah. of everyone. He was awful. By and what was the man. reason for that? Because he was drunk. That was it. There wasn't any reason. It wasn't because he was always drunk. <laughs> he just killed one of his generals with a whip for no reason. Yeah. He and sucked. then they're like, I can't believe his army turned against him. <laughs> yeah, how does how does Liu Bei, the ruler of benevolence, end up <laughs> a sworn brother to a guy who was permanently drunk, whipping his own men to death, and just generally treating them like shit? Like it's a well because movie. it turns out he when he screams, it could. Kill- <laughs> Everyone lived in fear and shot face scream. They were like, we're we have having to... on side. Better to be <laughs> pissing in the tent. <laughs> Maybe Zhuge Liang's strategy was to keep him drunk. That way he could never scream. Well, there are conspiracies, you know. Oh. There were conspiracies that uh, Zhuge Liang sent him out on his own, knowing that he'd get drunk and knowing that something bad would happen because he was too much of a liability. For once, that was one part of his strategy. Of his strategy. 
Yeah, it was part of a strategy to eliminate a failed general. <laughs> and uh, Guan Yu gets killed because he just gets really angry and impulsive whenever someone basically gets one up on him. So he then decided to fight a battle he couldn't win and got killed. Well, strictly speaking, he could have won that battle. Could have. Because uh, it was it was the Battle of Thun Castle, and like yeah. they um he executed a brilliant uh water attack, like a flood attack. Yeah, flooded the castle, but then they were betrayed by Wu. Yeah, fucking one of the man. few times that Wu and Wei worked together. Yeah, but Wu sent a huge amount of reinforcements and completely turned the tide. Yeah, and he he would have won were it yeah. not for their betrayal. Yeah, and uh, Wu suck basically. The moral of the story is that Wu kind of suck. They kind of just play both sides and end up playing themselves because by getting rid of Shu, they have no means to defend themselves against Wei and they get killed. Um, but well, they DWA, had a pretty good time of it at the Battle of Hefei. Like, I know yeah. it was a retreat, but it's still that's another. It still really, did pretty damn well. It's a really it's another really cool battle. Yeah, but and, of course, uh, Tai Shit Sir dies there, and he's another one of my favorites. Oh yeah, he's quite cool actually. These little rods. Yeah, <laughs> charges in with his rods, yeah! just like whacking people over the head, like. But um, DWA. Tasha says, uh, trait is that he has armor. <laughs> I have good armor. <laughs> you will never breach this armor. <laughs> it is impenetrable armor. Um, yeah, in DWA, I remember I really like the Battle of Fan Castle because it's the one that's got like the most scenarios coming off it. And well, it's because was, it's another one where all three main armies all participate in some way. And so many things could have changed. Like, you know, you can prevent the water attack. You're the one who commits it. You either turn up and help or you don't. So it branches out loads. And when I was doing my, my platinum run, which took me 108 hours, by the way, that was brutal. Um, Yikes. You have to finish every stage with every scenario, every hypothetical, everything on extreme difficulty. And I think you had to finish like every sub-objective for every stage as well. It was ridiculous. Um, I have not platinumed this game for that reason. It is like insane. Like if you decide to commit to it, don't just, it's one of my rarest platinums and I've got like two. I I can imagine because that's the sort of platinum that I'm looking at and I'm thinking to myself, well, that's one way to make the game not fun. Yeah. On uh, PSN profiles, which normally has like higher uh, platinum, you know, percentages uh, compared to like regular PSN, it's a 1.94% of like everyone's played it, which it is like my second lowest rarity platinum. Um, And it is, it's not because it's hard because on the hardest difficulty, all you really have to do is go and beat the crap out of the peasants until your Muso gauge fills. And then you only fight the officers when you've got Muso going. Um, But it's just the grind. And obviously on next stream, it's, it's not, it's not, a tough difficulty thing it's just busy work it's and and it really is like that fight of fan castle because that's play replay it so many times all the different levels and scenarios and whatever it can be a really long level and then i got to the end of it to the last officer and they bitch slapped me and killed me and i had to do it all again for like uh... the 13th time that day and i was like i'm this is like my platinum breaking moment either i push through and i finish this game and i platinum it or this is where I stop because I'm not committing another 30 hours to doing it. And it's more than fair. Like... Yeah. <laughs> and I committed through and I did it. And honestly, I've never been so dissatisfied with a platinum in my life. <laughs> like... It wasn't even worth it. <laughs> like, I love getting trophies. I love platinums. It gives me a well good feeling of like satisfaction, that inner kind of, you know, it doesn't mean anything, but to me, it feels good. And I got to the Dice Warriors a Extreme Legend flat and I was like, what the fuck have I just dealt with 180 hours of my life? Why have I done this? Um, but 
like I said, it's a nice fact to be able to bring up and say I've got one of the rarest platinums on PSMP. So that's cool. I think I've got seven platinums. I have like 225. I've got the Crash Bandicoot trilogy. Oh, that's not bad. The Spyro Reignited trilogy. Lovely, lovely. And Until Dawn. Until <laughs> Dawn is quite a grind as well. You've got to replay it like four times. Uh, it wasn't really. Like if you, because this was the second time I played it. Because oh, okay. um, uh, I, I, I think I... Way around was it? I think I rented it initially. Okay. And then it later came out on PS Plus. Oh, yeah. That uh, was one of the free yeah. monthly games. So I was like, oh, I'll give that another round the horn. And so when I did that, I'd then done basically two runs of it. Yeah. And so the rest of it was just clean up. Oh, fair. Like getting just, everyone killed, getting everyone Yeah, just to the skipping end. between chapters and just doing the same stuff. It didn't really, really take that long. Spoilers for Until Dawn, my favourite part of it is the fact that you have to get everybody to the end and then you have to immediately kill them all with Sam by flicking the light switch straight away and killing them all right at the end of the game, except for her. Yep. <laughs> Love that one so much. I didn't like the, the, the hoops you had to jump through to yeah. keep Rami Malik alive. Oh, fuck, mate. Yeah, that was... Oh. It's so, like, arcane. The way that you need to do it, and it's like it's not even properly alive. He's sent spoiler alert no. to a Wendigo. He just sits in a cave, like cool. That was fulfilling. Glad I did all that busy work just for him to sit in a cave and die out of hunger. Look at that. Being said, I'm looking forward to the quarry. Yes, me too. I do actually want to play it quite soon. Um, but yeah, maybe we'll get a Dynasty Warriors, you know, narratively driven choice decision making. That'd be fun. <laughs> Telltale's Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> oh, oh my God, could you imagine Guan Yu in that, like, oh, in that visual style? That's all the kind of sort of semi-cel-shaded type of... Uh... I would love that. I would play the shit out of that game. I wouldn't even care. Even though I know all the endings and what could happen anyway, I wouldn't care. I'd play the hell out of that. Can you imagine if you're just like a random officer and you come across like Liu Bei and he's like, you can join my army, but only if you promise to only be just and benevolent. What's benevolence? Or you can reject <laughs> me now, but then I'll come back to haunt you later with my benevolence. And you're like, hmm, I don't fancy your benevolence. And then I you love go that. and join Sansa. You're a ruler of benevolence. Boop. Liu Bei will remember this. <laughs> Your dialogue options are benevolence, question mark, benevolence, exclamation mark, or benevolence, dot, 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 what, what? Uh, or just money? nothing, just silence, he's like benevolence, and you're just silence, nothing, I would play that Side a lot, of frame. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I just thought it'd be a nice query, because especially with Wu, I've always found everyone's favourites, either way, because they've got the most like militaristically effective generals, um, or it's Shu because they are the five Tiger Generals. Um, and Wu tend to get forgotten. In the games, I think Wu are the most diverse and kind of the coolest group. Um, I think they have the most generals out of each of the different factions. I wonder if that's the problem. Like, it's saturated, where, like, none of them stick out. Like, I remember Garnane because he's got the strangest name of all of them. But I wonder if there's, like, an issue of saturation with Wu where you kind of forget about half of them because there's just too many of them if that makes sense there's also the issue for me is that they're two two of the three rulers of yeah. that um jian uh say and chuan yeah both jian and chan have swords just normal swords yeah one of them is a big ass a bit... sword but you know it's still a sword right. but it's just sort of a bit like the dude like, with the, um, has a sword, sword but you can summon ice storms with it I mean, who doesn't want to summon an ice storm with their sword? That's pretty and sick. And Liu Bei has two swords. 
Yeah, but he really sucks. I hated playing as Louis Bay because he's just horribly ineffective and not very strong. He jumps about too much for my liking. Yeah, he's a bit of a loser. Whereas Zhao Yun, straight to the point, uses spear. Oh, here we go with the basic Yun once again. (laughs) All of Dynasty Warriors 9 Empires are played as Machao. And uh, I eventually realized I was like, his weapon's one of the worst in the game. Like, (laughs) it's fine. And then I played as Zhao Tai for like, uh, I had to do a scenario for something. I was like, what? I've been playing like 15 hours of this game and I've been using the worst weapon. Um, so that was a fun revelation to discover. I bet, uh, especially so deep in. But yeah, in the official like history, most people just agree that ways were probably the best generals in terms of military and effectiveness and not being drunken idiots and killing their own soldiers. Um, whereas she were actually the worst. I'm hungry. <laughs> Oh my god. Can I have a snack now? <laughs> Isn't there a mission where you like raid a granary or like a food store or something and he's like, ooh, I'm going to stay here and eat everything. I think it might be the opposite. I think it might be the, where they recruit him. Because oh. he's like a peasant farmer. Yeah. And like, you know, you're running through and like Dian Wei like kills a peasant and you hear, oh, someone's <laughs> taking our rice. <laughs> I love the fact that you could remember that. That is this is a stupid nothing mission. You just run around like finding oh. the peasants and then waiting for Suju to appear, kick his ass for a bit, and then he runs off. Oh, I'm going to get some rice and fight you again. I'm hungry. You could see the kind of thing that Dynasty Warriors makes you remember. And it's not the gameplay, it's not really <laughs> the story, it's the idiot dialogue and characters, which are Feel absolutely the power horrible. Of my magic! And Dong Zhuo always been characteristically like hideous with everything he does. Absolutely. Oh, I mean, his God. his trait is that he's greedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's awful. But, but uh, to be fair, he has two. He has two traits because his other thing is that he's ambitious. Yes, he's horribly he ambitious. Shut up about his ambition. <laughs> my my ambition, ambition cannot be stopped. No one will get in the way of my ambition. You stand in the way of my ambition. Oh, God, I'm cracking it's like it. They've all got word of the day calendars. Literally, it's like they're like, right, we've got 80 characters. We can't give them all a personality. Everyone gets to give a character a name. We've got 80 devs. Pick a character, give them a word. I love That's the idea that there's one dev working on each one. <laughs> And they're not allowed to talk to each other. No, that's it. They've all got to make them in isolation. That's why you had unique characters for DWA. They were like, right, we have enough dev people to make one dev per character. There you go. No wonder they're cutting corners. Their pipeline's awful. (laughs) Their ability to delegate is absolutely terrible. Even the QA testers not involved in development are one of the devs deciding what the characters are. (laughs) Have we done any environments? No, we've all been in different (laughs) cupboards working on individual characters. (laughs) With a year and a half into development, we ship in three months. Literally, we already have a six-month development cycle. It's taken us four months to do half the roster. Well, too bad. You better get on with it now. Well, you better get paint some rocks green. <laughs> Remember to make that castle as blocky as possible. Hell for, yeah. For reference, if you play a Dynasty Warriors game, do not expect graphics, which actually look anything like reality. It is blocky textures. It is floaty animations. It is smacking peasants around without actually having any hit detection whatsoever. And if you ever get hit, you get flung back in a weird stun lock animation, and then you half animate yourself back into jumping up again. 
It's great. This is not going to. This is not one of those games that pushes the technical limitations of the hardware. <laughs> I mean, Dynasty Warriors and Iron Empires really pushed the limit I expected a PS5 game could look in terms of how garbage it is. It is shocking. There, there's like a bit where you can like sit in like the open world for no reason because obviously the whole thing happens in battles that are predetermined anyway. But you can go into the open world for a bit, and the screen tearing—I kid you not—like it is. Horrible screen tearing in 2022 on a PS5, and it's got loading screens everywhere. I'm like, what's it loading? What is it possibly loading? You have like five character models which are shared between all the characters, and the environments are all the same. What are you loading? Um, is it possible that it's just been under optimized so they can squeeze it on the PS4 as well? Or oh, oh, definitely. Like, this game was released like shoveled out as quickly as possible, and you can tell like it's everywhere. Um, Well, I mean, this was on the docket, wasn't it? So we're basically Mm. there, yeah. Um Dynasty Warriors 9, what a shit show. What a joke. What a joke of a game. So, In fact, I don't want to talk about it. Let's move on to the next topic. I was going to say, like, let's just talk about Dynasty Warriors 8 instead. Um, so the other question was, after the debacle of Dynasty Warriors 9, with its horrible open world, bland graphics, awful rollbacks of characters and their abilities and weapons, what do we want from Dynasty Warriors 10, other than Zhang He getting his claws back? Because that's Well, here's one. my thing. Let's talk about it as if Koei Tecmo were actually going to make it. Okay. So they clearly can't be asked, right? No. They haven't been asked for a long time. So this is Give fine. it to Team Ninja. Give it to Team Ninja. But here's, here's my pitch. Cut down the roster mm-hmm. to maybe 50. Ooh, okay. Who would you cut, though? Oh, you could cut... Lee Ju. Cut him. Cares <laughs> about him. And no shoot. Han Dang. <laughs> hey, Han Dang is a national treasure, don't you? How dare you? Right, what, what weapon does he have? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, precisely. Probably a staff. It's a single-handed trident, but sure. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> good knowledge, that is. But you just get rid of the ones that, like, you know, get rid of the later ones. Like, people tend not to like ones, yeah. except Jia Chong, you leave them alone. But then you need still need the Jin campaign, so you can't get rid of too many of them. Yeah, you've got to keep some of them. But really trim it back. I'm thinking yeah. you have 10 officers each for... No, maybe... Mm, now I'm sort of second-guessing myself. 12 <laughs> officers for... Uh, Wei, Shu, and Wu. Yeah. Which gets you up to 36. Yeah. Uh, 10 officers for Jin and mm. four for other. Okay. So you what, can have Lu Bu's and Dong Chan's and Dong Zhuan. Why not? Uh, Yuan Chao. Just for the sake of it. Oh, yeah. So strip that all back and then really, really refine their movesets. Like make mm-hmm. sure everyone is unique, make it really, really refined. And then from there, just go back to basics. It doesn't work open world. It was no, never it going to work and it didn't work. Let's leave that behind and instead focus on a more tight experience Yeah, that like, you know, is closer probably in tone to something like 4. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, th- I think that's it. If, if they truly can't be asked with coming up with individual movesets for 90 characters and take 40 of them away. Yeah, exactly. Like if you are having to repeat weapon styles across multiple characters, that is a sign that you have too many characters because yeah. if they're not unique anymore, if you have Zhang He using a weapon that's not his unique weapon, why is what what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Um, so I agree with you. I think it really does need to be stripped back. I think the reintroduction of unique combat styles for every character that's in it should be there. Personally, I would like to see more of an actual like tactical element to it because for me, when I was playing Dynasty Warriors eight and seven. 
the AI was garbage. You can't yeah. rely on it to do anything. Like it's constantly like a character who should be in this fight holding their own, like Zhang Fei on that bridge should be killing everything. And they gave it like Zhang Fei is in trouble. I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? Like I'm all the way on the other side of the map fighting three other officers already. Like I feel like it needs to go back to the old style where the scenario is the scenario. You have a role within that scenario. You're not expected to go traipsing across thousands of miles worth of the map to go and help some random shit officer who's screwing up an attack that they shouldn't be doing anyway. Um, and I feel like they've already got a bit of that with the Empires thing, where you can like either tell certain officers to go to certain places, or you can prioritise them attacking or defending, or that kind of thing. Um, and also, I'd like to see them get rid of the whole like rock-paper-scissors format that was in DW8. As much as I got used to it... <clears throat> You would have to like swap out weapons because like this officer would come at you they'd have like a big red bubble above them and you'd have to like swap your weapon to be more effective or if you locked out you'd have two of the same weapon and be screwed um i don't particularly like that system i would much rather the opposing officers have their own proper ai to fight you properly and will dodge block use their moves so more effectively that kind it's of thing more dynamic yeah I, I think i think there's there's so much space for a level of dynamism in this and i agree with you I think there's a there's potentially a middle ground with sort of like the more kind of free form aspects of the earlier games while combining some of the more set PC bits yeah. from the later games. Like if you're yeah. going into a scenario, it should be entirely dependent on what character you're playing that what you end up doing. Yeah, absolutely. Every character should have a defined role within that battle. And there could be like an officer on each side that is just a floating officer where you can pick that one and go and help the main advance. You can hang back and defend from an ambush or whatever. Because a few of them would be that anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, you do have, like, roaming officers and things like that. Like, you know, not everyone's going to be Zhao Yun running into the village to rescue Liu Bei's child. (laughs) My man. (laughs) My man. (laughs) My man. (laughs) But, like, you know, some of them, like, say, for example, in that battle, um, some of them would be more like, who else is in it? (laughs) I'm just struggling to remember who else is in that I don't know Liu Bei even has at that point. He's in charge of the retreat for sure. Uh, yeah, Guan Yu, Zhang Fei are there. Yeah. Zhuge Liang's there with his strategies. Zhuge Liang, <laughs> <laughs> my strategy is working perfectly. <laughs> retreat. That is my strategy. <laughs> yeah. Run in the backwards direction, and my strategy will succeed. <laughs> but um, uh, no, I, I think I, I think again we're we're of a mind here, aren't we? Like, yeah. <laughs> basic, basically, make all the things that are bad good, <laughs> and make all the things that are neutral not in it. What, what baffles me the most is with Dynasty Warriors 8, they've had like a real system. Like it worked. You had loads of linear scenarios. There were so many of them. Most people would never even finish it. There was so much content already there. And then they decided, right, we've got to make an open world because every other game is open world now. So we're going to tack this formula, which we spent almost two decades doing, and finally have it to a point where it's modicumly acceptable to the Western audience. We're going to throw it into an open world where you spend vast amounts of time doing nothing, running around, going to the next fight, then actually just kicking their ass. Because it's not fun, right? If you're spending 10 minutes traipsing somewhere and then you go to a fight and you wipe the floor with the base and then you move on, that's not fun. Whereas when you do it in like a linear level, you're constantly doing that. So there is a funness to it because you're constantly having to like move, go to a different place, go to a different base, whatever. You know, they, the linear format works better for this type of game, I think. I, th- I think the problem that Dynasty Warriors in particular and Technocoe in general have is that with each iteration, they sort of throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. 
like the Dynasty Warriors six Renbu system survived one game, <laughs> and then that was gone. Yeah, off you go. Bye bye. Like you know, weapons with X attacks to to its credit lasted through seven and eight. Yeah, uh, but then two they games is special. <laughs> but then they introduced the rock paper scissors thing, and it's like, <sighs> and then that's gone, and then it's an open world thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what DW10 is going to look like, but it, it, they can't keep doing this. That's it's a, a Sonic the Hedgehog problem. Yeah, it like, is. Ev- every time they hit on an idea that works, they go, "Great!" Now back to the drawing board. Yeah, and it's like, it no, no. <laughs> stick with one thing. Iterate for God's sake. <laughs> it's, it's evolution, not revolution. Uh, yeah, I feel like. Especially with the customization and stuff, you know, they've tried different things with it. They tried making officers like level up and gain stats, and you get equipment to give them and gems and all sorts. Like the rock, paper, scissors system, you could equip them with different weapons, which would change the style to face off against different officers. And they've also tried the version where there's just the officer and you just play as that officer, you work with what they have. And I don't know, I feel like. I mean, we joked about it giving it to Ninja, but I would love to see a proper combat system introduced into it where you could start the muso elements where like you'd have a horde come at you you could have your basic attacks which would just deal with hordes right and then when you came up against an officer you know the idea of it being more like a one-on-one kind of fight where you would have to actually use combos and block and dodge that would make it so much more dynamic and it would make the actual one-on-one fight so much more interesting like there's nothing worse than reaching like a pivotal moment like the battle of like hulao gate or whatever and you come up against like lubu and then all he does is run at you and you just button mash him in the air because you can juggle him because the combo system sucks. Like, imagine if you actually had a system where you had to dodge his attacks, he had unblockables, he had throwing things, he could launch stuff at you, he could go berserk and you couldn't block anything for a minute. Like, that would be so much more dynamic and it would make the fight feel like an actual good historical fight rather than... I'd oh. like to see a sort of Neo-style... Oh. Uh, like you know, when, when you actually get to the end of the thing, you have to fight like that. It's, probably, it's like an actual neo boss fight. Literally, like, you're, <laughs> like difficult hell. Ramps up, like <laughs> <laughs> they hit you like twice, and you're dead, and they cleave your head oh. off, like, across the battlefield. Jung <laughs> Ha gets his claws out and just rips out your insides, Mortal Kombat no! style. <laughs> <laughs> By grace and beauty, I've torn you apart. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think that's the dream, but. I think also we've got to touch on there are there's the empires ones as well, which are the more strategic inverted commas, tactical ones where you do a bit of like strategy RTS type elements where you I mean, build up barely. an empire. Honestly, there's like three counters you manage resources, men, and money. Once you get like more than four territories, it's a given as to how the rest of the campaign will play out. I'd like I mean, to see it'd be more interesting of it. if there actually like it, there actually wasn't strategy in there. That might be fun. Honestly, like I think when I pumped it up to the hardest difficulty, the only thing I had to do was I had to tell all of my officers to hit one place at a time so that they would all just converge and kill whoever was there. Because if they split up, they would always die, and then you'd lose the fight. Um, I mean, that's the thing. Like the, the AI, like especially not in, in the outside of the battle, but actually in sort of like the um, RTS stage. I'm doing massive finger quotes. The AI is so inert. Like, you know, it doesn't do anything. It just sort of languishes around. Yeah. And, like, you'll suddenly see, like, officers just standing in the middle of the battlefield. And, like, especially on Nine Empires, as soon as you breach the castle, your officers would all just stand outside the castle and you would have to run in and kill the main enemy or whatever yourself. And it just, like, it it's not a game that's meant to be, like, horribly immersive. It's not, like, a realistic simulator, but 
you just want a bit more like it's not they've had like i said almost two decades really well over two decades now to build on this formula they've got the characters they've got the scenario they've got the story they've done it like seven times already nine times yeah nine nine (laughs) times it's easy to forget a couple um so how hard would it be to actually just develop the systems a bit more to make it where like you breach a castle and all of your officers just converge with you and you have this big massive fight in the courtyard or whatever or i suppose my argument would be is that within a niche genre Mm. that's even more niche (laughs) (laughs) i I can't imagine they were dedicating much resources to it because no uh, you know, it's it's sort of an admittedly weak defense. Yeah, but you know that. <laughs> but it is one nonetheless. It's one of Zhuglyong's strategies. <laughs> That's it. You're there, like God. I wish it was like Rome Total War. No, <laughs> no, no, money no. For that. <laughs> Absolutely. Weirdly enough, there is a Total War Three Kingdoms game which came out last year, and I've got it downloaded on Game Pass from a PC. Um, and it is basically like an RTS Dynasty Warriors, but an actual RTS game. Um, so I'm looking so, forward to playing that. To go back to one of the things that we were talking about right at the beginning of this, uh, the Sengoku period of Japan has also been covered by Total War with, um, yeah. with Shogun. So basically, the moral of the story is just go play the Total War versions of the periods because they're better. I can't um, believe that's the takeaway from this Dynasty Warriors podcast. <laughs> we came in for brain and a jar button mashing, and I was telling you to go and play the brain completely out of yes. Like, <laughs> make sure you actually think, because if you turn up with an army and don't use it properly, you will die. Go um, play your strategy game for dads as well. Literally, if Ross, when Ross listens to this part, he's going to be like, nerd. Um, <laughs> he's not so, going to listen to any of this. No, he's not going to be listening this far in. Um, but yeah, I think You know something is... I heard about Ross? Oh, go on. More libel. I like it. Um, I heard, and this is, from a, this is from a source who saw him around the back of an Aldi. Um, they saw him, like, place, he place his palms on the side of the Aldi and climb it? Like a lizard? Like a lizard? Yeah, you know how like lizards can climb up like vertical surfaces with yeah, yeah. like, suction cups on their feet or whatever? Yeah, yeah some, someone saw Ross climb up the side of an Aldi. Not on the front, it was in the alley by the side, you know where the dumpsters are, like, you know, the big bins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he was hanging around there. And then he, he climbed up a whole wall. Like Spider-Man style. Yeah. Spider-Man. Although it was, des- uh, it was described by my source, and I quote, distinctly reptilian so did he camouflage into the wall as well like Metal Gear Solid 4 style I mean I'm not going to be I'm not going to be drawn on, on more specific details I think because yeah. I've already libeled him <laughs> that, that, that is heavy speculation heavy heavy speculation no, I mean, I've been saying libel libel's the written down one isn't it slander's the I out think loud so. one yes. yeah. <laughs> you're the journalist <laughs> I mean, I don't have a Twitter bio, so I'm not even a journalist. I haven't even labelled myself one. You don't so. have a Twitter. No, I don't. I've just exempted myself from any titles about my writing. <laughs> that way, if they're like, you're writing shit, I can be like, yeah, fair. I'm not a journalist. <laughs> I just write about it as a hobby. Anyway, um, that's what I heard about Ross. <laughs> I also heard that he goes around and sniffs dog poos around the dog parks, but that is heavy speculation. My source. That is heavy speculation. And, and, and I, I, would, I would caution you to proceed with reverence. I, I won't write it down. I wouldn't want it to be libel. So. It's <laughs> <laughs> in the episode description. No! <laughs> the oh. metadata! Oh, it's all going wrong. Oh, SEO is going to be so screwed. Um, so, 
Yeah, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, DW10. So basically, takeaway is cut back on the offices, make a decent fighting system, make the scenarios more interesting again, get rid of the open world, which they probably spent a day working on, and just make a good game. And play Rome Total War. Yeah, and play, yeah. And play. I think we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Sorted. Finger guns. Right. Did we have any other topics of discussion? I feel like we had... Oh, yes, we were going to have a philosophical debate about whether the game or whether Dynasty Warriors as a series is just a button masher or is there some deep philosophical underpinning to the game that the masses miss? I think that it's somewhere in between the two. (laughs) I think for a series that has gone on this long and is iterated so many times, it would be unfair to call it just a button masher. I agree. Like there's there's other stuff going on. It's you know there's some interesting stuff there. Is it a deep philosophical game that's going to make you think? No, it's not. No, it's not. But you know there's a reason why I keep going back to it. Mm. There must be a philosophical reason for why Zhang Fei can kill ten thousand men with one screen. Must be. Oh, metaphor. (laughs) (laughs) Metaphor for the power of the spoken word versus the sword. <laughs> That's his libel. Zhang <laughs> <laughs> Fei couldn't write because he was always too drunk, but by God, could he slander people? If he could write, you think 10,000 people with a shout's bad? How about 100,000 people with a letter? You wouldn't have needed Zhuge Liang's strategies if Zhang <laughs> Fei was able to write. <laughs> um, the strategy is for you to start a mailing campaign. <laughs> I've started a postal service. The strategy is flawless. <laughs> um, multi-level marketing. This so is strategy. I guess the question is, what does bring you back then? If it's not just a mindless button masher, what does bring you back to the series? And what keeps you playing it, even despite every, all the criticisms we've had for it? It would be wrong to say that it isn't because of dopamine. Mm. Like, you know, there is something like viscerally fun about running around and sending people flying. Yeah. And like if, if that's all it is, that's fine. Mm. You know, not every game has to be Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh god no. You know, not every game has to be The Last of Us 2. In fact, I would prefer it if they weren't. I agree. Because I didn't like either of those games. Oh, I did like Red Dead, but I didn't like The Last of Us 2. Agree to disagree on that. <laughs> but you know, in, in the broad scope of gaming, there has to be space for stuff like this. Yeah, and sure, it's dumb, and sure, the voice acting is at best disastrous, and sure, it keeps stepping in its own shit, and then looking up at you, going, "Oh, I'm sorry." And I like, have a snack but, now. <laughs> I'm hungry. But, but at the end of the day, it Ron Seal in it does what it says on the tin. Yeah. Get ready for some Chinese takeout. <laughs> a feast of combat. <laughs> Literally, when I send you this picture, you're going to flip out. God, a banquet of fighting styles and officers <laughs> to choose from. I and hope you're hungry. Extreme Legends 5, right? Actually <laughs> featured potentially what I think is one of the most interesting uh, game modes they've ever done, and they've never done it since. Was it the Legacy one, or was it the... Um, Ambition the mode. It's Ambition mode, that's it. Where you play as a private. Yeah, like you play as one of the rank and file, the lowly grunts who get battered by the officers all the but time. But like, you pick an officer to serve under, and then eventually they like let you be a lieutenant and give you their weapon, and it's really sweet. What What's funny is they're basically saying, right, we're going to let you be one of the little like bitch people who get killed endlessly here, and you can be that person. 
you can get bitch slapped by every other officer in the game. And that's yeah. somehow translated to a good game mode. And the fact... <laughs> they, so normally it's a six-hit combo, right? Yeah. That's what you get. Uh, turns out if you go below four, it, you're, you're, at the end of your combo doesn't knock someone over. <laughs> so you start with like two. So you're like, poke, poke. And they're just still standing looking at you and then they hit you in the head with a sword. <laughs> Meanwhile, your officer guy's going, follow me! <laughs> oh, follow me! <laughs> While you're getting battered and he's standing there doing Because ah! his AI forgot that he's supposed to be helping you. I'm being killed by a yellow turban, help! Because <laughs> I think, like, when I was playing uh, Dynasty Warriors 9, they obviously tried to add the whole thing of, like, castle sieges where you could, like, grapple up walls. Um, in the Empire's mode, you have to, like, whittle down their force enough to bash open the gates with a ram or a siege tower. And I was like, this is kind of fine. It's okay. But there's there's something about the spectacle of the older games where it was proper set PC. Everything was fully designed and you're kind of guided through the level, the scenario, which I found really enjoyable because it's like semi-historical. It's obviously not really, but it's nice to kind of feel like you're following the footsteps of a battle that happened, but you're just this crazy souped up motherfucker, like rolling around steamrolling everybody in your path even these legendary people in history are getting absolutely torn asunder by the fact that you're turning up with your muso attack um and there's something like there's got to be a middle ground between that more sort of railroady set pc stuff and the more freeborn stuff of the earlier ones and i hope they listen yeah really and i don't i think the series is probably going to have a bit of a break now i can't Mm -hmm. imagine given the reception of nine and its poor sales it's going to particularly be a swift one and they tend to go in periods of like they take a longer break then they release like two in a row within like two years um and then they take a longer break so i think this might be like another break one where we'll get one in like 2024 or something and it'll release with no fanfare and it'll suddenly be like oh dynasty warriors is out again cool i'll pick <laughs> that up on a sale <laughs> yeah i'll pick it up when it's on sale in a week's time for a tenner um but and look at what they did to Zunk. <laughs> they did to him Credit James uh, Stephanie Sterling. <laughs> uh, if if you haven't, you need to go watch that video. If nothing else you take from this podcast, please go and do that. Um, but yeah, I think for me, it's like this series just epitomizes the kind of game where I don't have to be fully concentrating. I don't have to pay attention to the story. I can just jump in, pick a scenario. I'm fighting Cell Cell. Cool. Let's crack on. I'll batter some people win a few rounds and there's something kind of addictive to it like when i was playing dynasty warriors eight and six i would just keep playing like i wouldn't be especially engaged i wouldn't be especially interested but something just kept me playing anyway and i liked the fact that the diversity of characters and the fighting styles really reflected it it was just sort of like oh cool i'm playing as this person with a boulder on the end of a chain and then i've got this dude who's got like a double sword and then Zhao Tai's coming out with a samurai sword to kick my ass. Like, there's something just kind of exciting about it. It's a popcorn and, game. Yeah, it is. Sure, popcorn. It's the Michael Bay of video games, effect. And like, it's it's bizarre to me that the person who probably described this video game series best, Cap, as a brain, a brain in a jar. Literally. Like, <laughs> is refused to be on the podcast. So. <laughs> Honestly. 
<laughs> I was so tempted to be like, can you just come on anyway and just pretend like you know something about Dynasty Warriors and just see what happens? See like, how well she does in the trivia. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, she couldn't have done much worse than me anyway. You got um, two out of five. That's not, but you got two and a half out of five. I got two and a half. Do not do me a disservice. My strategy was perfect. <laughs> My strategy um, is to correctly answer your <laughs> My strategy was to get two wrong on purpose. <laughs> um yeah it's just it's one of those series that when you get into it and you get over the initial what you've been told to think about it which is that it's only button mashing you only move forward there's no you know objective it isn't that at all it is button mashy but you have to still think about when you're comboing if you are finding it too button mashy you need to play it on a harder difficulty because then it's not that's key thing yeah like that is a really big part of it and the dialogue is terrible, but the voice acting is so funny. Like, half of the fun we've had today over these two and a bit hours is just talking about how awful the dialogue is, but how I, memorable it is. Third time I'm bringing this up, but honestly, find a supercut of Dynasty Warriors 3 voice clips. It, you'll have so much fun. You really if, like, we, could, we could probably put a link to one in the metadata, right? Yeah, I'm sure if I uh, let Roscoe know, he can do that for us. Um, it's, it's just, you have to do it. It's just so worth it. And to be honest, if you're here at this point, still listening to this podcast about Dynasty Warriors and everything else that we've gone on tangents about, you know, you're probably already quite invested. So hopefully it's been a, an interesting listen. Which means I actually have some good news. Okay. If you have the PlayStation Classic, PlayStation Plus Classics collection, uh, Dynasty Warriors 6 and 7 are available to stream. 6 is the best one, just saying. It's not. Don't help me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just playing the song. But the, yeah, they're, they're they're available to stream, so um, oh, might be worth cool. a look if this is in, if this is interesting. It's so if, if you've already got the subscription, you may as well have a look. Yeah, uh, and if not, they're they're I'm pretty sure you can get them pretty cheap down at CEX or whatever. I'm gonna say they're like three pound each now. Like nobody buys them, so there's no demand. So there's plenty of supply. Um, and uh, if you I, really... I said on 161 of Finger Guns, and I'm going to repeat it again now. For me, for the definitive Dynasty Warriors experience would be Dynasty Warriors 8 Extreme Legends Complete Edition. Yeah, I would totally agree with it's that. It's got every character that's worth knowing about. It's got, as, as, as Miles said, like dozens, if not hundreds of scenarios. So much to do, so much to explore. It takes 150 hours to platinum. And like, you know, but if, if you're looking for an entry, I think that's probably the best you're going to get because it's yeah, it's sort of the er example of what Dynasty Warriors can be. Absolutely. I do think it's the, the pinnacle of what they managed to achieve. It was like finally all the content came together, every scenario, every character, every fighting style. It's all in there. They've got upgrade systems and gems and all that kind of crap now. I can't remember if it was still in Dynasty Warriors 8 then, but, you know, there's so much to it that if you end up enjoying the, the systems of it, like I said, they just... Don't be put off if someone's told you it's just button mashing mindless. It is those things, but it's not just those things. And I think that's what people kind of get lost with when they talk about these kind of games. Um, and the history of it is genuinely really interesting. So as I was playing them, I watched a couple of the, the like overly simplified, like Three Kingdoms, whatever history. And it's actually so interesting finding out that these characters who are such caricatures in the games were actual people who did actual things and had actual motivations and weren't just one personality trait. And that some of them were pretty cool. There was like a whole thing about how Wei 
contributed massively to the progression of science and development of weapons and all sorts in that time period um, because there was like a stalemate for a while and they just focused on science and that was really cool um and if, so, you, if you want to check out the book romance of the three kingdoms you can it's uh it's a bit stodgy in spots but it's it's all right i looked it up it's 120 chapters and i don't know how long a chapter is but i imagine it's not short it's a, it's a fair few pages i'd say oh so yeah if you really want to commit to something maybe get on audible if it's on audible get it as an audio book might be hopefully they'll have the guy who voiced Zhang liang in doing stories three reading it oh my god <laughs> Imagine it's just Ezio reading it to you. Like, <laughs> oh no, I'm talking about the feel the power of my magic guy. Oh no, <laughs> feel the power of my magic. <laughs> oh dear, I'd, I'd prefer Zhang Her's voice actor personally. I think that would just be an excellent listen. Um, Welcome to the audible version of this book. <laughs> you do his voice so on point, like so I love well. his character. Of course, I do. <laughs> it's so good. And then, lastly, the last final question was: What are your favorite tracks from the soundtrack? If you have specific ones, because I've got two. I mentioned it before. Uh, the theme from Dynasty Warriors Four. Yeah, that absolutely crunching, distorted riff going in, and then it that slaps. crazy mad solo over the top as with our dice. Totally, totally bravo. slaps. Yeah, bravo. Any others? Uh, none, are, none are as good as that. <laughs> That's the peak. There is no other peak. <laughs> yeah, none, none of the other intro songs and none of the individual. I mean, they're fine, but like. Um, so I've got two. I've got Ignition, which is the Yellow Turban Rebellion one where you play as Zhao Yun at the start of Dice to Warriors 6. It's it's awful. It's so bad. And I once played it. There were a couple of mates I had when I was younger who were like in a band, played loads of rock band, guitar hero, like proper actually new instruments. And I put it on just as like, a, oh, listen to this. And I kid you not, they were dying with laughter for five minutes. And then the rest of the night, they just kept putting it on. Just yeah. kept putting it on just to mock me. So that one. But also, this is a genuine one, and this is why I think the series actually isn't given the credit it deserves. So there is a battle where Shu is on the defensive against Wei, and they're about to be wiped out and killed, and it's the battle where most of their officers get defeated and whatever. And it's a track that plays called Hopeful Pain, and it's on DW8, Extreme Legends. And it's this Would this really be like, the Wuzhang Plains battle? It could be. I remember there's like a big castle... And you're fighting in like this big, like it might be like a field with like mountains on either side. It's the one thing. where Zhugeliang dies, and then probably everything sort of falls apart from there. It probably is that one. So like it's just Shu getting battered, but it's like this really melancholic piece where like Shu is in retreat. You're like fighting to like hold off during the retreat and that kind of thing. Um, but it's got like the bit of guitar in the background, so it's like a really cool track. But it's actually got like a bit of, like an emotive undertone to it, and I was like damn this game's actually got some you know narrative chops here <laughs> for <laughs> one moment one piece of music <laughs> it's a five minute track and it is the only proper narrative piece that happens um but yeah the soundtrack actually does slap in places some of it's garbage but it's worth it if you like just a bit of power metal with your chinese takeout it's like pop rock but like awful pop rock where it's like so poppy it's not even rock anymore but it still kind of is just check out the Dynasty Warriors 4 intro I think it's just the perfect example of what we're talking about it's yeah. just it's two minutes long and it's mental from start to finish it's all you need in life really 
Um, but yeah, those were our main kind of topics of discussion, our main kind of bits that we wanted to go through. Did you have anything else you wanted to say just before we kind of wrap up? Or I genuinely can't believe we've talked this long about this. <laughs> I actually can't. <laughs> and do you know what? Like, I was thinking in the build-up to this, I was like, you know, it sounds like a lot. It'll probably take us like an hour to get through it. But no, it's taken longer. Well, that's and... the thing. I was When we uh, peek behind the curtain here, um, Miles sent me over sort of like the itinerary um for this and i was looking at it and i was like christ we've committed to a lot here yeah this is probably going to take about 90 minutes yeah but then here we are <laughs> the hours later, baby. Hours <laughs> we're still going for the content <laughs> i just want to reel off a couple more quotes that i found that i particularly quite enjoyed so there's one i think it's a woo officer and he's always like wow there's someone even lazier than i am this will be ling tong Yes, it is. It's Ling Tong. He fights with nunchucks. His trait is that he is lazy. (laughs) Proper, like, that is his only trait, is that he can never be bothered to do anything whatsoever. Oh, seriously? (laughs) You're going to make me fight again? Oh, (laughs) fine. I think that's genuinely... (laughs) And then the other one is Zhao Yun's, which is, another obstacle in the path of justice has fallen before me. Too many words. Such a loser. But that's what he is, though. Like, it wasn't good, but at least it was long. <laughs> <laughs> the title of Zion's sex tape. Much like this pod. <laughs> it was bad, but there's a lot of it. <laughs> I really hope <laughs> to the person who tweeted out about being excited for this pod, I really hope you have got something out of this, of the two hours of time. We need to tag them to. in the announcement tweet for this, because if they miss it... <laughs> We've Could you done imagine this for nothing? Our one listener who we're doing this for doesn't listen to it. That would On be the really the third tragic. hottest day of the year, <laughs> we got together and waxed lyrical about Dynasty Warriors for two and a half hours, and no one listened. Not I even feel- the editor. <laughs> I feel like if it wasn't so tragic, it would be really, really good. But it's I not- think it really sums up Dynasty Warriors, though. It's it does. Two nerds desperately trying to explain why a bad thing they like is good. And I just, like, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, we've got an obscure Japanese-Asian franchise. No one in the West plays. We are a purely, mostly Western podcast. It makes no sense for us to be doing it on the third hottest day of the year, three years after the last mainline entry, probably like 10 years since the actual last good one. And yet here we are, two hours in. Here's the thing, though. You did the Elden Ring roundup. Hmm. No one knew that was going to be the world-beating success that it was. True. You know, back in the day, Dark Souls was an obscure Japanese title that no yeah. one in the West cared about. Especially Demon Souls, damn. And now, Elden Ring sold, I think I think I saw a new thing, that it sold um, 12 million units. Yeah, it's huge. So that's like, that's like all three Dead Spaces. <laughs> oh, no. I'm not Dead Space. <laughs> I miss Dead Space. Well, we've got that sort of remake. It's a there's remake remakes being made, but then there's also that other one that's sort of like... Experience. Callisto yeah. Protocol. Yeah, yeah, it's like the, the Dead Space devs working on it. That looks great. They both look great. But EA bad, so we don't like EA. Yeah, bad. Well, we, 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 we litigated that on 161. We did, yeah. Well, you did. <laughs> <laughs> that was pure Everyone else sat in silence thinking about their future career prospects. <laughs> That was pure slander, but it was also very. As Ross just sat there going, slander. "Yeah, but we do need we do need access, though." 
We do we need coats. We need to play FIFA every year. Come on. But that's actually a good point. You know, I think Call of Duty and FIFA do get blasted for being repetitive, the same game every year and whatever. And I always kind of say, like, as much as the game is always similar, it's never exactly the same. There is always something that's different. Um, and I feel like Dynasty Warriors is exactly that. There are iterations between them. Usually they put throw in a combat mechanic, which they've only half-baked, and then they throw it out by the next game. So there's always something new to discover. It's just you can discover it within a couple of battles, and then after that, there's nothing new after. Um, but yeah, it's good. Right. So that's it. Thank you for sticking with us this long. (laughs) We are, uh, we labeled this the Spicy Dynasty podcast. (laughs) Um, Simply because A, it's fucking boiling hot, but B, we thought we might have some Spicy Dynasty takes. And hopefully we have. Hopefully we've got some controversy. Our takes were largely similar. We were broadly in agreement across all things. (laughs) Basically, shoes suck ass. (laughs) And so do all of the peasants of the age. I think there was something like, the population of China was like 50, 60 million or something prior to this whole Three Kingdoms war. After it, it was 16 million. Like, we won! Millions of people died, <laughs> and they were all the people who sucked ass who died. <laughs> so, victory! You know, I am a true warrior of the Three Kingdoms. <laughs> I am the only one left. Oh, God. And uh, we discovered that Ethan is much better than me at trivia. So, well, it's difficult when there's no rules, though. We didn't set the parameters. I mean, one of them was basically a gimme from you, <laughs> but it was des- describe why this character is bad, and you gave me two points for it. <laughs> and he probably had at least forty reasons why it was bad. <laughs> okay, I feel like you really went easy on me. Honestly, that guy sucks. And I will also give a shout out to, there is a, a sub-series called Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Uh, it's on its 14th version now, which I recommended probably about five, six pods ago now. Uh, it is an rts light thing. It's a proper RTS game, but obviously it's made by Dynasty devs. Um, so it's not anywhere near as good as the Total War one, but it is kind of fun. And Although you set up the scenario, you obviously just fight it in whatever way you want, so you don't actually follow any scenario. But it's kind of cool to send, you know, 60,000 troops against Machao, who only has 10,000, and watch his castle crumble like the bitch that he is. Um, I'll give that a go, because, it's again, it's another one. It's on the Classics Collection, I think. So it's worth them. A little look. Yeah, it's worth checking out. I'm playing straight. Oh, yeah, I'm playing straight as well. Do you like it? I haven't started it yet. Okay, I'm right. I, went, I, I downloaded I went, it last night. I won't say anything. All I'll say so far is that Cat was obviously super excited for Stray. I was a bit like, it looks fine. I think I've enjoyed it more so far than Cat has. <laughs> okay, right. Well, this is going <laughs> to have to come back on the pod and litigate this. <laughs> I was going to say, this is going to be like the pod this week coming, if you tune in, uh, if you're still here and listening to it at this point. Uh, it's probably all going to be about Stray, because I think it's basically all anyone's played this week. Um, I say this week, it came out yesterday. Um, but it's going to be a heavy focus, I think, for the, the mainline pod. So it's worth a listen. Um, Are we certain this is going to be this is going to be coming out before that one? Because I feel they might keep this in the vault for a while. <laughs> I mean, it might never come out. You know, we might just have done this just for the sake of our own enjoyment of all things Dynasty Warriors. Who knows? Well, just for the people listening at home, just in case this goes out, I want this on the record. It is quarter to 11 on Wednesday, the 20th of July. 
We both have, well, uh, do you have work tomorrow? I've got work tomorrow. I've spent like... <laughs> I've not got any. I, 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 my work starts next week. I'm fine. <laughs> okay. I've got work tomorrow. So I've spent a good chunk of my evening talking about something I am massively, massively invested in. I couldn't have had a So much time. so that you haven't played a mainline game of it for over half a decade. And the one that I did play, the Empires one, I gave a four out of ten and probably should have been a three because it sucked. We're experts. This is journalism. <laughs> <laughs> this, ladies and gentlemen, is why you come for the expert panel opinion of Dynasty Warriors from two people who are barely touched in and know what they're talking about. I'm not even wearing a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> this is the level of professionalism we have gotten to for this part. <laughs> <laughs> but also, dressed. <laughs> I will say some of your references and uh, you know specific knowledge has been very good and it has helped me out a few times because while I enjoy the Dynasty Warriors games, I very rarely actually paid attention to what the fuck was going on. Um, so I did actually appreciate you reminding me of various bits and pieces, like for example, what weapons characters use. Well, it's, it comes, I think, from um, being, being being an actor. Um, I've got quite good sort of retention of stuff. Mm. so like if i see something yeah. i'm like oh yeah that and then i remember that and it's of yeah. no use or value to to anyone we go to an interview one day and they'll be like can you tell us about this and you'll be like no but i can tell you what weapon lubu <laughs> used in when he overthrew Longjuo. yeah halberd <laughs> a four-pronged halberd um <laughs> weirdly but yes so like i said thank you for tuning in and sticking with us this far we don't have any other closing comments i don't think i think that covers it no, I think you've written down what um, Roscoe usually says. I have. I have, a fish, I have written this down because last time I did it in the Elden Ring pod, I got it okay, I thought. And although I'd screwed up the intro to that one and this one, <laughs> I had to re-record at the start for both pods. A uh, funny little bit of uh, knowledge for you guys. Um, so I have written down the ending. So I'm going to try and do my best to get this right. I'm hoping Ethan's not going to be dancing in the background because like what he did on pod 161 okay there's a lot of you being thrown around here when yeah. i'm reasonably certain it was you me and cat that were dancing sure i mean you, uh, you, you may oh, have oh, inst- oh were, were you what 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 mom you, <laughs> you instigated it <laughs> <laughs> it's all in the name of justice that's what it is so let's see if we can pop out this outro without screwing it up. I'm not even going to look at the screen. I'm just going to read this outro. I can't even see what Ethan's doing. So if he's dancing, which I'm assuming he is, that's how it's going to be. So that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all very much for listening. Don't forget, if you'd like to follow us, you can follow us absolutely everywhere. Just go to the link tree in the description below. You can find us all in all the places. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can at FNGRGNS. And if you'd like to follow us individually, all of our handles are in the description below, except for myself, of course, because I'm smart and not on Twitter. You can also find Ethan at Ethan D. Lawrence, and you should absolutely follow his TikTok as well. He'll protest, but you should. If you really like what we do, why not follow our Patreon? For just $1 a month, £1 a month, you can keep this podcast live on all its various podcast hosting services and keep the website nice and shiny. But that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all very much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk all things Dynasty Warriors with all of you, and especially with my Lord Regent, Ethan Zhongha Lawrence. Sorry, was I supposed to be saying something? I was flipping. You got to say goodbye. I was flipping the bird at the screen. The last <laughs> I can't see you, so I don't. <laughs> don't follow oh, yes. my TikTok. I've been Ethan Lawrence. Thank you for listening. <laughs> and it's goodbye from me, Miles the Dong Zhuo Thompson. We'll see you next time on the Finger Guns podcast. <laughs>